I, I still can't hear the goddamn theme tune. <laughs> and we are sending the space here. Let's work this this out. <sighs> Happy hundredth, Henrik. Yeah, happy hundredth, Corey. It's nice to finally do an episode face to face, like sharing the same goddamn location, which at this time appears to be a crypt of some sort. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Have you ever been in a library, Henrik? This is what it looks like. <laughs> I am here in Helsinki with Henrik. This is the first episode ever that we are recording. Together in the same goddamn room. It, it, it only took two fucking years for us to, you know, reach this point. Yeah. Well, well, that's the mysteries of technology. Luckily, we've been able to do this as far as we have been able to. I never thought we would ever reach this hundredth episode. I really didn't. You remember when we were happy when we got through the first seven episodes. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, those were the days. Oh, God. That was the curse of the seven. Yeah, now, 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 now you just look back to those days and wish that it, that the curse would have claimed us. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of kind of pleasant, actually. I don't have to look for any any kind of audio problems when we are doing this, like audio levels suddenly dropping and Henrik crashing and where the f is Henrik for the last thirty minutes and what happened? That, that's what you are saying. No, just just wait until you know you get the audio files, and all of a sudden you notice that that the voice level still drop, and and there's some problem with road, and you know my my audacity crashes halfway through, and yeah. and somehow crashes your Mac, even though they are not even connected in any way. Yeah, you know something that might happen is here that we run out of uh, battery. So this time it's not gonna be eight hours. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah. This room has no electricity socket for us, so <laughs> we'll just have to have to deal with, I don't know, two hours. Here but yeah, are. it's 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 over two years now but, but with this podcast, because we we did have that longer break in between yeah. when we didn't release any episodes. So now that we reached the official hundred, we have actually done this more than two years. Yeah, we started in July 2018 or so, and the first episode came out on August 14th, 2018. Yeah, and now it's something. Yeah, yeah, July something. Yeah, what yeah, like, like, like what are July dates? 2nd. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in celebration of, of this milestone, mm-hmm. which absolutely nobody appreciates, <laughs> let's, let's open the bubbly. Well, watch out for the lights. <laughs> I, I just have to aim at your head. <laughs> That'll be that. <laughs> That'll be that. It... <laughs> yes. So, pass on the class. God, God. Oh. I, I, I can't watch for, for the quality of, of the drink. I went to the local alcohol boutique, which sells alcohol. Oh. 
and I, I asked for some good bubbly and then I mentioned and you know the lady in the store directed me into this this one shell ale which had a lot of choosy looking brands and then I mentioned that I'm a film podcaster and she <laughs> redirected me into the ale which apparently was selling rad piece uh, amongst other things so I noticed that it took a great while for <laughs> it to took. come out of there so I think she was plotting something <laughs> mm, yeah yeah Kippis. Helgen Gölgen, as, as we say in the civilized circles. Perse tolalle. Nastrovia. Yeah, but it looks like Poland is behind me. Most of the episodes that we have recorded, I have been recording them from Poland. Yeah, I've been working there for about five years. And now I came to Helsinki. My project in Poland is about to be over soon. So uh, I have no idea what the future is going to bring to me, but that's kind of the exciting part. I actually enjoy being homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true hipster. Spoken like a true Finn. (laughs) Everything is uh, moderately fine. The society will take care of you if needed. and There's always the safety net. Yeah. Truth to be told, I'm completely tired of sitting in front of a computer. I do it for this podcast. I do it for my job. For many days, it's been like this. I start 8 a.m. working. I have one laptop for work. And then it becomes 4 p.m. I throw the (laughs) computer to the corner. And here comes the next laptop to work on the Flick Lab. Fortunately, I've found great new software lately that uh, also Henrik has been finding, but maybe hasn't had the great success with it as I have <laughs> no. had. <laughs> the, the, the wonders of modern technology kind of hate me. Yeah, yeah, but Reaper has been my good buddy for, I don't know, over six months now. It's it's made the editing process way easier. What used to take, like, I don't know, three full evenings even, or more. It's now about one evening. So, really satisfied. And today... Yeah, the latest episode was pushed out, Alien, 1979. The craziest stuff is still about to come to your <laughs> I, I, I don't know, the ride has been pretty crazy up until this far already. Yeah, what's your craziest ride here? It must must have been the Andalusian dog. <laughs> that, that was something else. Yeah. Uh, only the, one of those those episodes where we get completely shit faced during the recording. <laughs> it's yeah. just a resort from from you know your uh, average, well constructed, well uh, well kind of argued episode. It's just drunk and young yelling. And <laughs> I guess we should do it more often. <laughs> it's just the dark and after which is problem. <laughs> Okay, what are we going to talk about here? Oh, actually, I have no idea. I I haven't prepared or planned anything. I I know that you you po- posted posted the dog, which was supposed to be the blueprint for this episode. I read it exactly once, <laughs> quickly. Then I noticed that there were some some games, mm. and and I immediately like skipped, and I haven't done anything to mm. prepare for those games because. To be, to be absolutely honest, you know, after the last time I would actually 
rather fuck a rotting corpse of a horse than, than do, redo games in this, this episode. Wow, wow. Well, personally, I, I thought these were the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Never again. Abs- absolute time wasters with just to re- drag on the recording process to the 11th hour. <laughs> but it was a good idea in the 50th when you suggested that we kind of sprinkle these these games throughout this episode. And it was quite flawlessly, you know, manufactured in, in the end. It sounded almost natural. Okay, I, I, I can't say anything on that record because I, even you today I, 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 I haven't listened to the 50th episode. It, it takes fucking five years to go through the 50th episode. Only seven hours. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. That was. I remember I had even problems getting putting it together because I realized that there was some limitation in the WAVE file format that it's not accepting a certain length of files. I remember the <laughs> crying after that episode <laughs> came out from our listeners. Like, like, Seven hours? Are you, are you insane? <laughs> yeah, quite, quite a little. Yeah, yeah, we are insane. But, yeah. but in, in, in my defense, I was actually counting on, on you just recording, like, like, what it took, 15 hours of, of raw yeah. material. Something like that. Something like that. Because these episodes, the recording always lasts half, half as long as the original episode, or, or the episode that we publish. Yeah. So if, if you anyone is wondering how long it actually takes for us to, to record an episode, you know, just take the episode length and double it. Yeah. So with, with the with the seven seven hour long fiftieth episode, it, it was something like fifteen hours which it took to record. So I was counting that we just record, you know, for fifteen hours of material, and then you just you know mm. just take and just throw most of it out like. Edit outright, delete, and you know the the end result would be something like an hour max. <laughs> well, that's the that's the problem when you record a lot of material. It's going to quadruple your work when you go to the umpteenth hours, and then yeah, it's it's really hard to just uh, put it into a concise unit in like three days or four or five days. What I had to work on it, but uh, ultimately. If you are a super fan of this podcast, I think you will like the end product. There were quite a lot of topics that we actually went through. So, <laughs> I don't remember half of them. Yeah, me neither anymore. But but, but yeah, that that's the I, I guess the reason why you are the one doing the editing on the on the podcast because my my style of editing is much more kind of a hatchet job. <laughs> I I just quickly go through the audio and like. Yep, yeah, out, out, trash, not usable, and then yeah, this, this is okay, and just quickly, you know, copy and paste the the different pieces that I feel that are something usable in together, mm. and just you know haphazardly throw everything else out when I'm editing. Yeah, I still see this as some kind of a talk show type of format that we just record and we don't really tamper that much with the end product and well given that we still record an insane amount of material every week i have kind of a pretty good excuse just to keep it as it is more or less just to get out all the ums and arms and uh, 
wondering <laughs> what the hell was this English word once again. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. How do you how do you say minun nimeni in English? Yeah, sometimes get total brain failures here. <laughs> but but then again, we we are doing this goddamn podcast or on English. Yeah. <laughs> like every, every every rational person would when you are come from, coming from a Finnish speaking country. So good good luck for us, you know. Yeah, yeah, indeed, it would have been probably useful for us uh, if we would have wanted to look for another niche in the Finnish market to do this in Finnish. But you know, uh, at least we are accessible for everybody that we know of. But yeah. The best possible reach. Yeah. And the hardest way to get an audience, probably. Most likely. Also the, the hardest way for us to speak. Yeah, we are not as smooth speakers as our Swedish brothers. No, no. As as our listeners have, our, our lovely, lovely listeners have been pointing out during these two years. But at least we have tried to... At least I have tried to <laughs> desperately get this podcast more to the direction that we would go through mainly international cinema, so-called international cinema, everything is international, but try to get out of the Hollywood machine to go uh, target these movies that people have a special interest on, like freaking Inuk from Greenland. So the, I think we are kind of the top target on YouTube regarding Inuk. <laughs> Most likely, but nobody knows forget the Inuks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good, good luck there. Let's see. Oh, we're the second result, at least according to this browser. I'm logged in, by the way. <laughs> let, let, <laughs> let's go to the other browser. See what it says. <laughs> no, it's fucking nothing. We are pushed to the page 50. <laughs> no, well, there you go. There's <laughs> like 15 million there. playlists before us. Uh, oh, well. Trying to make the world a better place, episode by episode. No, but I think it's kind of cool that we are talking about the movies that uh, most people are not talking about. <laughs> we did this Alien. Don't know what you think about that. Like, do you want to talk about more of the like big Hollywood worldwide classics, or to get more into Latin America now, or what? Oh, I'm I'm kind of a mixed. To me, it's never really been that much of an issue. What what films we talk about? Of course, when when we are doing doing something out of the Hollywood machine or the Finnish Finnish cinema, it always means that we have to do like godless amounts of background work mm. for the episode. Because before you can really criticize and analyze a film like we do. You kind of have to also understand the country from which the film is coming from. You have to understand the history. You have to understand the political history. You have to understand the art history of the any any given country or region, and that always always takes a hell of a lot of background work to do. Because uh, surprise, surprise, when when you visit a country you just barely have heard before. And and then you start to you know skim through the the history of that country. It's, it's of course it's always going to be like insane amount of work 
like we, we are talking about doing the same stuff that people dedicate years of their lives and they they write like academic papers about these topics and then we are just trying to kind of do it quickly within uh, three to one week usually one week time mm. limit unfortunately we have the guests at least usually when it's getting into crazy gear like what we what we did this uh oh god remind me of this uh chicken burning movie oh this yeah 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 that one that was so culturally tied tied but we managed to do it we gave enough time for us and i think it came out all right of course it's it would it i think it always becomes five times better with somebody who is in the from the region telling us something about it Yeah, yeah, it 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 does kind of a it, it does make the episode stronger because we we get a type of insider knowledge from that country or region. Mm. So of of course it helps. Uh, then again, every now and then you kind of have to ask yourself how much you get out of any given guest. Up until this point, we have been really lucky with our guests because we have had really great guests on on the podcast but of course there is since we are kind of a keeping it on the ground level with the guests uh, it it means that the educational level of our guests it keeps changing it's it's not stable and also when it comes to personal and political views and for example understanding something like the language of of cinema and And well, even understanding your own territorial history, it it kind of gets uh, it, there's a danger that it can get into being a really mixed bag, mm. because we don't have like any kind of a quality <clears throat> assurance. For example, if we would just you know interview pe- per, uh, people of of the academia, we would at, at least be able to say you know say to ourselves that well this person is is a professor from from this country or from from this area of studies but yeah. with with people of the streets you don't have that luxury so it's kind of a more of a gamble there might be a higher level level of success of getting these episodes out there via these guests for example because they would have a like special really specially interested in the subject that they're talking about and that's one thing and i think we have to pay more attention to these guests in the future yeah i i would say also uh, although that out of the way i i do have to en- emphasize that we haven't had a bad guest this far no no yeah like up, up until this point all, all our guests have been really great and they have all been they have all brought more material to the episode that they have visited so it, it's nothing like I, i'm sour from some past previous experience type of thing but it, it, there there is always of course the risk like mm. same same with with for example finnish people it's it's two different things to to have a Finnish professor as as your guest mm-hmm. and and simply you know picking some rando from the street to appear on your podcast we we do have some shit tier professors on this country so so the academic status is not an automatic guarantee of anything but 
there is some kind of a level of trust that you can have with the guest when he or she comes from academia or from the industry or something else. On the other hand, there isn't many things to trust on when you have two Finnish guys who often don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but we, 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 we try to do our podcast and uh, background work. We, we do, we do. And I, I would say, like... Well, this is self-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra-contra
just a you know a, a shock movie that tries mm-hmm. to be as edgy as possible and has no artistic merits in what in it whatsoever or do you actually see it as rather shocking and pretty vile movie that still actually has a political and artistic statement behind it yeah like if if i would fuck up that badly then i would have to kind of rethink my position as a co-host <laughs> it depends on the on the film so much how much you do your background work and for me it's so sporadic usually <laughs> it's been for the last month something like that that i spent almost the entirety of the day usually saturday on the background research and then try to put whatever i can <laughs> together on sunday before we record and that's how it usually goes and yeah. and that's something where actually touching upon uh finnish movies or you know typical hollywood movies kind of uh, eases us out and and helps us a bit because mm. we as as Finns we already are somewhat familiar at least with with Finnish history and Finnish art history we we do understand what we are talking about when we are talking about a Finnish movie and the same goes for for your typical hollywood movie because america is such of a big cultural exporter that even if you hadn't studied America itself, you still kind of do have a, at least a vague idea what America is and what America is about. Mm-hmm. So you you have that first touching point and you can start to analyze the film with that knowledge that you've gotten from, from the American pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of helps us out every time that we have some kind of crazy run of four movies from interesting countries that we've never visited in our lives even even as movies i guess that is every now and then needed that we go back to basics or the area that we understand the best yeah i would say so also the fact that well we still are the super elitist podcast who would completely look down upon the you know the hollywood machine products so on on that regard also it's it it does us i I do think it does us good that every now and then we visit hollywood film zombie strippers ladies and gentlemen (laughs) well that that was that was the everyman film God, that, that that was a film of the working class. <laughs> yeah, we were quite wasted. And after listening to that podcast, the raw <laughs> recording, and what I have had been talking, especially in Finnish, it <laughs> might have given to somebody the idea that I was interested in sexually harassing my co-host. But <laughs> like... which is which is really troubling, seeing that we are actually sharing this two together. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Like you, you, you just keep your hands to yourself, Mister. Well, it's Corona time. What's going on? <laughs> God bless. Yeah. But hey, you know, for one, I'm really kind of tired of talking about the episodes one to fifty because we have talked. <laughs> we have we this. have talked about that. <laughs> so maybe we can go through our kind of newer production and move on with our lives a little bit. Quick recap. Yeah, so we started after the 50th with our new 
anthem, the new theme, and the guitar and everything that you hear there as the new elements they are done by Nick Gribel. It's like a friend of a friend. There was one friend who said that he didn't unfortunately have time to do this work for me and then he uh, guided me to contact this other guy, Nick, and I think he did a really fantastic job. Uh, we went through a couple of versions and then finally the kind of the perfectionist in me was happy with the result and I thought it was a kind of a nice amalgamation of what we had as, as in the sound before and then kind of updating it and if we ever make the third version I think it would move even further away from the uh, original or at least the super funky techno sounds that I made. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for that dubstep remake, remix. Uh, <clears throat> you can do that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in, in the background you have our studio dog, Jeppe. Yep. Who, who, yep, yep, who yep, do, do, doesn't know how to act in a goddamn recording studio. Yeah, Henrik is a scary person, apparently. <laughs> we started with the, 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 we were going through the Bond Marathon at the time, The Spy Who Loved Me, 1977, we went through that. Any memories about that? Well, I remember always having a good time with our guest Tom Frankland there, so... I, I don't even remember what film was The Spy Who Loved Me. I kind of thought you would not. Okay. Yeah, Henrik is the guy, kind of guy, right, who goes through one movie and then moves on with his life. Never, <laughs> never looks back to it. Yeah. yeah this, was, this was the super tanker film, Eating Submarines. Stromberg, Roger Moore. Hong Kil Dong. We went to North Korea. And, and, and learned that the Japanese are like the worst people on the planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like fucking... Woman stealing ninjas, all of them. That was the, uh, that, that 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 was something. Like I remember the introduction that you already forgot, like a few weeks later, where the ninja is uh, jumping on the rooftops, and then you have this freeze frames where you have the title card, and then it moves on and then freezes the frame again. <laughs> God damn it, you! And wonderful dubbing. Yeah. And one wonderful dubbing. Pippi in the South Seas. Well, we went to Sweden. Because <laughs> that's the best what Sweden has to offer. <laughs> I remember how it went on forever on that uh, island. And uh, even when Pippi had found the father, it wouldn't move on anywhere. Just Pippi <laughs> kept on feeding the father to keep the running time even longer. Yeah, just like this podcast. Maybe, maybe Bippy in the South Sea is like the cinematic totem animal of our podcast. You may be right. The Adopted Son. Yeah, film from Kyrgyzstan. We had two guests. We weren't sure if the first guest would be coming on the podcast, so I invited another one just to be on the safe side, and we got both of them, and had a, actually a great time. They guys had a great sense of humor, and we got some of the best uh, replies to the quickies that I've heard on the show. Shenmue the movie, of course. AKA Console Castle, the movie. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a video game that I played in my childhood, and I wanted to see how this this would go. This kind of a big experiment. It's basically a movie that really just consists of consequent uh, cutscenes from the video game put together. AKA a studio made Makima, pretty much. And it was shown in Japanese cinemas. Selected yeah. cinemas. Yeah, from a game that is so good. that Have you actually played Shenmue 3 yet? <laughs> I bought uh, 4K television and PS4 and Shenmue 3 just to play that goddamn game at that moment. I am? You, you have been awfully quiet about Shenmue 3. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that it's such of a good franchise. Like, it's such of a good franchise. You know, I, I guess I'm getting old. I didn't finish the game, by the way. <laughs> I already sold my big, TV. Big, big, big shocker here. <laughs> I already sold my PS4. <laughs> but but no. I, still ha- I still have Shenmue 3 on my PS account, so I will get back to it in 2030. Yeah, well, if, if you if you have to say something nice about the, the, the Shenmue, the video game, not, not the movie, but the game... Yeah, please. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you have actually a game where the main character spends like million hours looking for semen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love those moments. Have you seen any sailors? <laughs> Are there any sailors around here? Have you seen a black car? <laughs> going go to a dock. Have you seen any sailors? <laughs> yeah, well, no. You fucking dog. Going to the vending machine. <laughs> I like these. <laughs> oh, my fucking... Should I get another one? <laughs> no, no, Maybe you, you just another. Orphan. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> and that really drove drove me crazy in that game because the the best, the most efficient way that there is in the game mechanism to get a hell of a lot of money later in the film is to just keep jerking these vending machines and buying as many of these for your collection as you possibly can, and then in the Shenmue two, you can sell all of them. And finish the game faster. But yeah, okay. Kari's favorite game, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Enough about that. Moonraker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That, that, that is a movie that exists. Yeah, episode 56. The, the most science fact heavy episode that we have ever done. Uh, yeah, those are some of the top moments that I remember Mr. Broccoli saying in an interview that th- this is not... Science fiction. This is science, <laughs> science fact. fact. But but it 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 was it was kind of a, once again us getting back to our roots because I remember to to actually counting finding a calculator and do, doing the calculations on the terminal velocity that shows <laughs> we would achieve when in the beginning of the film when when the bastard jumps out of the plane. Did you really do those calculations? I I, I honest to God, honest to God, I I did. But like the calculations that I present in the episode, they are really being done. I'm I'm not pulling the figures out of my ass, except when it comes to to Joseph's weight. There, I just made a rough estimate. But otherwise, other than that, it's actually the really done calculation. Bravo, that is background work. Well done. I think we went, might have been slacking off a little bit lately or just have had movies where you just can't do that much research. But yeah, I, I'm really happy about all of our Bond episodes. These were heavily researched, I think, on everybody's parts. 
Yeah. And I I do admit now that we have concluded most of the Bond Marathon. Like, well, we, we would have already concluded it, but goddamn, what, no time to waste time. Yeah. Or he has been postponed. Too yeah. busy to die. Yeah. Well, whatever the name was, I can't remember. But but anyways, anyways, the latest Bond film has been postponed to the, I don't know, next millennium, so. Yeah. But uh, up until this point, I actually have been surprised to see exactly how the Bond franchise reads as a franchise because what what you get from Bond as a franchise is completely different experience that you get from Bond as individual movies. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this on one of these Bond episodes and I, and I told you that they have been trying to, you know, get a fair treatment towards women, but I think we had some kind of a tough argument again. There. I, 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 honest God, even, even today, I, I don't know about fairer treatment towards women. But, well, it's, but, well, it's like a two steps forward and three steps backward type of thing. It is. It is. Uh, that's precisely what it is. Like Bond never actually managed to figure out what it wants to do with its female characters. Yeah. But when it comes to character of Bond, I was kind of a surprise to notice on a franchise level exactly how condemning the franchise is, is of Bond himself. Like the franchise does this really long and drawn out moment, and I'm I'm not certain that it even does it knowingly. But the franchise uh, actually ends up arguing that the Bond is like the most miserable little shitbag that exists, and if you wanna be like Bond, you are really fucking up because you should be completely, you know, opposed to what Bond is. Maybe you're referring more to the Daniel Craig era. Uh, no, I'm. I'm actually Daniel Craig era. Justin too. Uh, I'm actually referring from George Lazenby to Pierce Brosnan. That type of time gap, including Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton is the first one where I actually noticed this, and and because there is such a long gap from Lazenby to Dalton. It's it's hard to say if if the franchise is is kind of a conscious on what it's actually saying or if, if it's just you know making the point act by accident. But yeah, but yeah. in in Timothy Dalton's what was the friend revenge film uh, License Lies to, to kill. kill? Yeah, in in License to Kill, the franchise, at least for me, finally argued that. James Bond from from Lazenby to License to Kill has been a really miserable sword who just can't enjoy his goddamn life. Mm-hmm. And then then came the Brosnan films, which kind of uh, highlighted that point, kind of uh, made it really in your face, es- especially Goldeneye, which which had the the evil double O six, yeah, whose name was Alex Trevelyan, yeah. Like, like through Trevelyan, Trevelyan, it really kind of makes it clear to you. Trevelyan burps it out fucking twice throughout the film that, that James Bond is, is nothing but, a, you know, a miserable hunk of dead from inside man meat. And then comes Daniel Craig, who does the exact same thing 
just in uh, in a faster space uh, pace. Yeah, sure. That's something that happened when they <clears throat> became really aware of, of that they should somehow modernize James Bond when it was uh, the end of the Cold War and it started to, you know, world was changing in many ways and feminism was all, all more on top. I, I guess I wasn't really following <laughs> the political landscape that closely back in those days. But yeah, it's a very, very self-aware that it should treat the women more nicely. But uh, yeah, once again, it's not quite there in the fair treatment. And I don't know if it has ever been. But like you said, like you said, maybe already from On Her Majesty's days, it kind of makes the women look better and the James Bond mainly as a horrible chunk of old world womanizer character. Yeah, and it, it argues that James Bond is miserable. Like, like <sighs> the, the main revelation for me was that the James Bond character is the same character from, you know, from, from the beginning of the franchise up until Diana another day. Mm. Like it's it's supposed to be the same character, same James Bond, even though the actor changes. Kinda, but yeah. but it it still carries the history of that character with it, mm. at least to some point. And from there you get to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where James Bond get, uh, gets married. He's is married for like fifteen minutes, and then the the lady dies, and James Bond is really heartbroken. And and from there on, you actually get. First, it looks like through individual movies, it it appears to be that that nothing has changed for Bond, but Bond is still just you know all about casual sex and beating up bad guys. But then happens the the license to kill, where James Bond. There is the wedding scene with with Felix Leiter and James Bond, where mm-hmm. they, they are supposed to where where Felix's wife tosses the silk stocking to, mm-hmm. to Bond. And Bond, who is why really well versed in in etiquette, should know that this type of situation, which is pretty typical in American weddings and also in Finnish weddings, might appear like like like, like the bride would throw her stocking at the audience. And Bond, being the closest friend of Felix Leiter and and Leiter's wife was kind of on, I would say, the most probable candidate who who the wife would throw, throw her stocking. The stocking meaning that Bond would be the next person to marry. Mm-hmm. So so Bond should have been prepared for that moment by by all means how the character makes sense. I suppose. And then, then she thro- throws the stocking and Bond freezes. Like she can't take it. She's just, you know, just hold on to this. I, I, I can't take it. Go, goes completely against the character. And Felix makes the point that that Bond has lost his wife yeah. back in all, all those years ago. And that kind of means that Bond was never able to let go of her wife that she lo- that he lost in in on her her Majesty's Secret Service, which kind of reframes all that free and casual sex that Bond has had. After the death of her, death of his wife, he hasn't been able to let go of the package. So what does all that sex mean? 
it, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's just free and casual bonus enjoying himself. Obviously he can't because he's still carrying the, the memory of his dead wife with him and can't take a fucking silk stocking because of it. So it turns it into a coping mechanism. Perhaps. It, yeah. And this is emphasized by Goldeneye, which shows Bond actually con- in, in contact with a, with a shrink and Bond being unable to actually anyway open up to a medical professional who is supposed to help him, you know, let the past be and move onwards. And and Bond such on deliberately fucks the situation up, sabotaging the whole situation just in the end, banging up 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 his shrink. Yeah. And that that just emphasizes that Bond can't talk about you know, the painful things in his past. He, he just, you know, buries them all inside. Bond himself says this in, in GoldenEye, when they have the back and forth with the Bond girl. It, it, it's what keeps me alive. It's what keeps you alone. Mm. And it's it's further emphasized by Trevelyan, who, who even mocks Bond on this remark and, and makes the question that how, how many women in your life have you failed and do you sti- si- still you know seek uh, shelter from from the you know yeah about the vodka martinis drowning out the noises of the woman that you yeah had some fun with yeah and and in in that film Alex Trevelyan uh, is is the painful past of Bond he's he's the friend who who you know betrayed Bond and hurt Bond emotionally mm. And once again, the only way how Bond can move on is by Trevelyan dying. When when Bond kicks Trevelyan in the fucking face, it's like Bond says, it's it's not for England. It's very much much for him. And then you get to to Tom, Tomorrow Never Dies, where Bond once again is met by uh, another lady from his past. Uh, this time it's an ex-flame. Yeah. Who, who once left Bond and once again, uh, right after Bond ma- meets his ex-flame, he's, he's kind of a sour and bitter and how could you leave me? Mm. I, I'm angry, angry, sad, sad, sad. And that's the Bond you get. Then the ex-flame gets killed by the bad guys. And on the same fucking scene, or, or the same moment, you get the scene where Bond is now escaping the bad guys in the parking lot with his, you know... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what is the radio control of a car? Right. And that's the moment when Bond laughs, finally. Like Bond is finally having fun. It, it once again, it, it took the death of the person who had hurt Bond emotionally for Bond to actually find some enjoyment in the situation. That leads into more casual sex with the good guy Bond girl of that film. Uh, but it still rings pretty hollow because you are still coming from the Timothy Dalton Bond who made it clear that Bond was unable to let go of the dead woman of his past. Kind of interesting framing. And you kind of raised the point that yeah, every, uh, every actor that's ever kind of portrayed James Bond is kind of very vulnerable to things that are related to not his past, but his emotional life. Yeah, and, and this is something that kind of happens on Fast Forward mm-hmm. in in Daniel Craig films. Daniel Craig films, which, once again, were supposed to, and 
distribute the franchise. Like now we are starting from the from the fresh table, and all the previous bond package is now behind us. It still does the same thing. There's once again there's the special lady. This time it's it's Vesper. It once again goes tits up. Vesper dies. Quantum of Solace is essentially Bond trying to have his impotent revenge against the bad guys. He doesn't really manage to do it. Like the the bad guys are Quantum Group, and what Bond essentially manages to do is to cause them some financial harm. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And then we get to Spectre, where Blofeld is once again rubbing the West now Vesper to Bond's face, and Bond still hasn't been able to let go of Vesper. And and the big ending of that film is turn it off. Supposed to be, I guess, Bonding moving past Vesper emotionally, and finally, you know, thinking thinking that Spectre is the scientist bond girl as his his special someone what an interesting way to go about it you have kind of the ghost of uh, this lady interest and then she is replaced by the leia Sedu's character and it's supposed to be emotionally something of a same vein but it was Built so haphazard <laughs> in that film that you know, uh, it, it, not nothing game of it, and yeah. I, I, you know, judging by by the trailer of the latest one, which which is name I still can't remember, but but no time it, to die, no, no time to die, judging by the trailer of no time no, no time to die, I guess the Daniel Craig era of Bond franchise also is acknowledging that that the whole. Love, getting over your past, getting over Vesper mm. thing of Spectre didn't work because in the trailers it's now now the the romance is is at least in my opinion it's it's been port- portrayed as pretty kind of a toxic. Like Bond is once again angry and bitter about you know Lady leaving him. I noticed that when we were doing the On Her Majesty's episode, at least you made the point how you you felt that it was too slow and the action scenes went on forever, for example, with the skiing. And you felt that it w- wasn't really doing what you thought it should be doing. Something that would be atypical for a franchise, that it went too overboard. Which I found kind of curious. Then we go to Dalton, and you were completely fine with that. Of course, you know, on Her Majesty's kind of jumps to your face after something like "You Only Live Twice," the previous Bond movie with Sean Connery, which also had pretty great cinematography, locations, and production values. But on Her Majesty's didn't try to do anything that "You Only Live Twice" was, or the next, for that matter, "Diamonds Are Forever." Directed by Guy Hamilton again of the Goldfinger fame. Um, Goldfinger already showed you that the Bond was going with Hamilton to a more uh, to the laughs direction, to more campy direction with all those uh, gadgets that were taking most of the screen time and the jokes, of course. But on Her, on Her Majesty's, I felt tried to really be some kind of a, even an art movie 
in a sense. It takes a lot of time to build up the characters, even many of the side characters, Moneypenny, M, they get way more screen time. And they are kind of an important part of the plot. The cinematography is top-notch there. And it's more like a melodrama. Whereas it's a complete 180 tonal shift when we get to Diamond Star Forever. This might, of course, kind of feel unnatural to you that it does this kind of a jumping. And apart from the crazy plots about Virus Omega, where <laughs> trying to, you know, spread this virus that is going to cause complete infertility around the world. If Blofeld's demands are not met, that's, that's crazy. But I thought the, even just the locations and uh, the human elements were so good that it rises way above from the Bond movies for me. Yeah, but, could, could be. My, like, hard to remember. I haven't rewatched watched Her Majesty's since we, we did the episode. And mm. I, I don't watch Bond movies that often altogether. I am not really that worse, you know, familiar with, with Bond universe. But I uh, so, something that may have actually been my biggest problem with, with On Her Majesty's is, is the fact that I kind of felt that tonally the movie was all over the place. Like you, you had that, that slow burning serious spy action mm. juxtaposed against the hell of a long action scene. So like when they, they are escaping the, the ski troops. But it's even more kind of a, uh, it feels even more rewarding when you have been watching this slow melodrama for 40 minutes and then it kind of kicks in with John Barry and the guns blazing. I, on the uh, on my end, I was kind of a disappointed by, I guess, with the accents and the more outlandish aspects of, of that film. And I kind of felt that uh, it, it, it was taking a step backwards when it came, came to the action scenes and the big action set pieces and, and, and the virus Omega, which was completely bafflingly stupid plot from Blofeld once again and almost cartoon levels. It, it was, the plot of Blofeld was something out of a, out of a moonraker, I would say. And kind of, kind of underwhelming because his whole goal was just to uh, get amnesty for his past crimes. Uh, and that yeah. was all. Like, uh, really? This time, this time it's going to be reward or the demands are going to be bigger than ever. And I think all it ever amounted in that film was to get that amnesty. Maybe there was something else, but it was never told. Yeah, maybe he also wanted like $100 million or something. Yeah. Oh, for... and that. Oh, and that. Yeah. And I, I was also somewhat troubled, uh, troubled by the... Well, once again, talking about the juxtaposing, uh, juxtaposition of the film, but there's like, like serious stuff like Bond's wife dying at the very end of the film, which is juxtaposed to previous, previous shots, which is... Really, really comic, comically bad. 
shot of blowout on on his on his, with his neck brace driving the car. Uh, no, it, it 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 was the old granny henchman driving the car. Blowout is like is like hold, holding some machine gun. Like yeah. now I'm gonna get you, you dastardly board. Yeah. It was kind of like oh, oh my god. Yeah. The, yeah. There, there there goes the emotional reaction, guys. I guess I can see that. The problem with me is that I'm wired a bit differently towards these films because I've been watching them since age six, so I would have to live another life to <laughs> see this in a different light. I guess that's enough about Bond, but we had a number 57 episode, Sugarcane Alley, one of our perhaps most well-read guests in this episode a film from martinique we had a guest sebastien and he actually did own a sugarcane plantation on the island and we all quite liked the film henrik wasn't completely blown away it's also that one time when we got called out by the industry itself or at least someone tied to the industry yeah, so he claimed, yeah, that he was a friend of the directors. That was a lengthy reply to our Sugarcane Alley post on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that commenter, still, still, even today, the offer stands, you know, if, if you want to get into the Finnish film festivals with Sugarcane Alley, just just contact us and we, we see what we can do. Can we do anything? Well, we can a, 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 at least try to advocate yeah, the film can. to the to the you know Finnish film fest- festivals. Sure, at, at least to to some of them, like like the International Film Festival of Helsinki, might be a bit out of our reach. But we can at least try to get the film to Sodankyla, and yeah. that's a, that's a pretty big film festival. Also, it's the only one, the only one that got supported not now by you know through streaming services by the Finnish Broadcasting Station Ula. Nightwizen didn't get that treatment. Helsinki Film Festivals altogether didn't get that treatment, but Sodankyla. Sodankyla was supported by the Finnish Broadcasting. That would be great. That would be great to do what you've been suggesting. It's great that you have this Harry Saltzman-ish idea. <laughs> like, what, what can we do to be more known and what kind of festivals would we be able to get to to talk about our podcast or if we could follow kind of a calendar of some some film theater or festival and then do the podcast episodes based on that that calendar that they have hasn't worked out yet but you know there's always tomorrow yeah we did number 58 the matrix that was that. a hell of a long background work and that that was a fucking Hollywood film, so you know, goes to show you how much we can a- actually ease out our background work with with by picking Hollywood films. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading at least one book in preparation for that, and I'm not sure how much that actually helped, or at <laughs> least it got confused more. At least it made for more fighting material. We couldn't quite agree on anything there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Or it's like maybe I, I also pointed that perhaps we did agree on a lot of things, but we were just talking about the same things in a different way. Taiko Ki. 
the first show where we had uh, our guest Lee there. This was a South Korean student guy and I just happened to notice that he was Korean according to what he was talking on the phone or what, whatever he was doing there in a coffee shop and I just went to him, are, are you Korean? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be in our podcast? More or less it went like that. Great guy. Uh, the problem with this film was that I didn't really find the, the, the golden points for this, what we should be talking about in this episode. But yeah, we got some interesting background about uh, the Korean War and what uh, least thoughts were on it. Yeah, it, it, it's a problem with, with weekly podcast that every now and then you land upon on a film. And, and the film might even sound really great in your head. But I also had this experience. I was I was once suggesting that we should have watched the Finnish film My Brother's Keeper, which is about Finnish rapper Cheek and and oh, he, he's he's terrible music. It was in our calendar at one point, but then I just I just couldn't take it. I had to remove it. Yeah, me. yeah, and and good riddance, <laughs> because rethinking that it it was it was a good idea only in my head. And nothing usable. But we, every now and so often, we, since this is a weekly product, we do land upon on these films where we we have the idea that, yeah, this is really good film to talk about. Like we have all of these venues that we can find. And then all of a sudden we realize that, no, we can't. Mm. And then we are kind of a, a, scraping the surface like what can we talk about in relation with this movie what what is the big discussion we can have through through this movie yeah there is a, a a lot of films that that we could talk about that are not of the highest quality but it would be like more fun to talk about maybe very any vartia brothers keeper why not because absolutely fucking no one would be interested to, to hear about a film about finnish rapper but, but t- talking about films that are not necessarily highest of go- quality, our next film in this podcast, Never Say Never Again. Never say never. Jesus Christ, what a train wreck. Yeah, this was a, a Thunderbolt remake. <laughs> and the only reason Sean Connery said yes to it was clearly just to give a finger from the middle to the Original producers of the Eon Bond franchise, Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Saltzman. I suppose for multi multitude of reasons, he really hated the guts of Harry Saltzman. In one interview, he said that Albert R. Broccoli is the best Bond villain. <laughs> and <that> he... <laughs> it's a pretty good one. And he said that he um. never got enough money from the franchise. He did this one deal... Was it like a five-movie deal when they started with Dr. No? And then they were constantly making improvements on his contract, like giving some bonuses or some proportion of the of the revenue of the films, like Thunderball, was it? But he felt that he was always kind of cheated out of the big money. That Now that the franchise had gotten extremely huge after Goldfinger. And he just couldn't quit the project he was tied to these five films and once the five films was up he was so full of all the media attention and the apparently crappy pay and the feeling that he got cheated 
and so he was he was out and he said that he would never do another Bond film and then he returned for Diamond Star Forever for that one million unheard sum of money which he donated to charity. <laughs> like, and then he did this this piece of art. And even during this production he got into problem with the producers and he said something to the vein that the, these guys are amateurs and he will never work with them again. Yeah, so, something which does not show up in the film at all. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it might be one of the least interesting performances by yeah. Connery himself. Yeah. Well, Sean Connery will be apparently really hard to work with if he decides that some people are, in his opinion, unprofessional. But uh, there are certain directors, Sitin Lume, and he got uh, got got along fine with him. Yeah. Well, that's that's the scotch for you. That is the reason why the only way I take my scotch is in bottle. <laughs> episode sixty-one, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that was a doozy. That the, was... the episode that they took took one week longer to produce because we were still doing background work. Yeah. When we were originally supposed to record it. One of those rare occasions where we had to skip one week of recording entirely, if I, rem- if I remember. Because I was looking at the film first, and in the first five minutes they burn a living chicken. And I was like, blink, blink. <laughs> Contacted Henrik and said that I think we're going to need additional week for this one. <laughs> the Terminator... Yeah, we approached this in an interesting fashion. We did the Terminator 2 episode first, and then we got to the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, because that that's how chronology works. Yeah. Well, and the, ter- the Terminator, we did this around the release of the, the Dark Conspiracy, Fate. Whatever. Something, something that we were supposed to watch, check out in the theaters. Were we? Yeah, uh, that, that, that was on, on table, if I remember correctly, at some point. That wasn't on my cards, as okay. far as I remember. And uh, good riddance for that idea, because Man. I saw it and... Did you? <laughs> no, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't checked out. Yeah. I, I also haven't checked out Joker yet, which... I, also, I, I, I don't know, might be good material for this podcast... If you want to hear me complaining about it for three hours, then yes. <laughs> I'm 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 kind of a carefully hopeful with that film. Sixty-three, we did the wish from a listener from Wukash from Poland, the Death Wish movie. <laughs> oh my god! And I had some pretty good laughs about the absurdity of that film. It's almost like camp. It is, it is, but unfortunately, it's it's not good camp. It it it's 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 really slow. I don't do fucking nothing camp. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not Bruce Willis level camp. No, no, it, it and and it's it's not like cheap B movie camp either, where where the whole thing gets so blown out of proportions. 
that it becomes kind of a miracle on itself to to just see all the crazy dimensions the film goes on. This is more of you know the whole film just just repeating that there's the same goddamn basic premise, which is that there's thug with a knife, uh-huh. and 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 then Charles Bronson has a gun. So who would win the fight? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like a movie who wants to be more artsy than it actually is. I, uh, just to get some of the feelings from the episode, I might just play the beginning of it because it's quite well captures what's going on. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a Charles Bronson here running around with his tough face. <laughs> Not giving a fuck about the opposition at any point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But best regards to Lucas, you know. <laughs> he must have been like, yeah, not my episode. The blue light. Yeah, we had a, like a semi-little celebrity from Finland. Uh, Daiki son, who is a... Japanese guy obviously and he moved to Finland and he's writing a blog about it even to this day and he's quite active on Twitter with some interested Finns there discussing life in Finland with him and in Japan as it happens. That was fun. Uh, It's something that I watched when I was a teenager and a bunch of those Asian collections something something lineup of films on DVD. Very 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 hard to find and uh I quite enjoyed it. It's an, it's, it's an okay piece of an, a thriller film. Mm. It, it was an okay of an episode. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Yeah. Got a lot of help from Daiki there. I know, it's, it's been a while. Episode 64. Yeah, enjoyable thriller. Part of our international cinema chance. But then there was the living daylights. Born film that didn't, which which was pretty damn good, mm. even though it didn't completely know what it wanted to, to be. Yeah, it was like a. Even though they already, they weren't writing the script for Roger Moore, as far as my sources go. But it still had. Some of that uh, Roger Moore can be humor there that wasn't quite working. Amazing, this modern safety glass. And all that jazz in the ice chase, which is the weakest part of the film. Um, pretty much, yeah. But it's, really, it's, a, it's a really romantic film, I feel. Even though these two lead characters are coming from completely different worlds. And, you know, the lady is kind of ignorant of the big world. Now Bond just pulls him, pulls her into it. But at the same time, I think uh, uh, I think the lady gets the hang of it pretty quickly, in a way that she is really independent there in uh, Afghanistan, driving that you know jeep, and finally gets into the plane. I like her. You you, you have to like be an independent if you, if you are a woman in in Afghanistan when Bond decides to join join the fucking Taliban. So. <laughs> Yeah, that happened. Those were the days. Like, 80s were, were, were a ca- crazy decade when, when it came to film. The, Everybody was joining the, the Taliban. Like, Rambo joined the yeah. Taliban. And 
Uh, I, I'm saying that Schwarzenegger is showing Taliban in some film. Now, no, Schwarzenegger did Red Heat, which was crazy, crazy robotic Soviets, the action film. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's the, it's pretty much the only time that the James Bond franchise got quite political. The first time that they do this, they kind of messed it up in <laughs> retrospect. In, in retrospect, maybe not the best move. But one of the best movies for me, for me, it's the entire long Timothy Dalton 2 movie run is really solid still, all things considered. Promised Land, yeah, we got back our guest Magda Hutny from Poland to help us out. One of those Polish classic films, which I thought ultimately was not terribly interesting in the cinematography or even storytelling. It was kind of documentary-esque and kind of lukewarm. It, it was kind of an interesting experience as a movie. But it, it was... At, at times it, it was really heavy and political and, and good and then on the other times it went completely like insane yeah. with what happened in the movie and and also with some of its cinematography it's yeah. it's a it's a really mixed bag as a film it is and if you ever visit Woods, then you will get more out of it but other than that maybe no, only if you're a film buff, then it's kind of one of your responsibilities from Poland. 67 uninvited. <laughs> we thought that we needed to change the tune. This was the first episode ever where we didn't have a solid scene by scene. We didn't go scene by scene. where We were jumping around throughout the episode. And that kind of freed up the, the discussion. And I feel that maybe we could do it even more often. And I've been telling to Henrik that even sometimes that uh, we could completely annihilate the scene-by-scene scene idea. But then again, I, I think I still kind of like it too much. I mean, we get to talk about everything on this green earth about the film when we go through the scene-by-scene. Scene. But this was a movie that really didn't demand a scene-by-scene. Scene. It, it, it was. It, it was a film that for the first time, for quite some time, the recording started with with me opening a beer and just being like fuck it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that was a long time coming since we had i don't know if you had had any alcohol since the halloween films no i actually been sticking uh, strictly to water and tea on 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 this podcast ever since the halloween experience until until the uninvited yeah 68, The Gods Must Be Crazy, South African film. Yeah, we got Matt from South Africa to provide his views. This was a tricky one to crack, and thank goodness we had a guest due to the, 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 the local local humor. You kind of had to, you know, it's kind of slapstick, and I had a hard time understanding why it would be as funny as people tell me it is. And I think it might have been funny, funnier in 1980. I didn't think that I found any kind of a racist tones in it or playing with anything like that, even though it has the app originals. I just thought that it wasn't funny. 
Yeah, racism in this podcast is so, so, something that, that, you know, has has a long first, I I guess, a second half, because... We like to steer far away. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we don't, we don't want to like to, like touching any, any easily flammable topics for doing <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Poles and Catholicism, homosexuals, <laughs> and license to kill as our 69th episode. There's nothing really to be added here. It's one of my favorite James Bond films, no doubt. Always, always hoped that Timothy Dalton would have done more Bond films. Even wished for the guy to just take over the entire 90s of Bond films, but fate had other ideas. The Unknown Soldier, 1955, the first uh, Tuntematon Sotilas film from Finland. We've been kind of talking that maybe we could get back to that sort of a franchise of remakes, maybe for the next Independence Day, if we feel like it. If we feel like it. And the, the trick with The Unknown Soldier is that if, if you are Finn or you have Finnish listeners, The Unknown Soldier is somewhat... It's, it's held... Especially the original, the Edwin Lyon in 1955 film is held in such a high regard. It's it's almost like a like a holy relic. The mm. film that it it gets even somewhat dangerous to to talk about it because every every Finn or at least a Finnish Sadamiehet will automatically like. Have a score with you if you say anything negative about the movie. I like the film, very well made. It's a it's a good film. It's it's one of the better films that you know Finnish film industry has pushed out. You could say that, but it seems that Finns are not too excited about this on our YouTube page. But it's like a weird split of the likes and dislikes on our. <laughs> but that's kind of. That's the whole YouTube page. That's the YouTube experience. Especially when you have only audio and still pictures. I guess that's what you get. Uh, Hellbound Hellraiser 2, 71th episode. This was recorded way before. But this happened to be somehow the optimal time to release it. It was in the shelves for a long time. And I really didn't quite feel re- even releasing this because I knew that I think our listeners were kind of sick of these horror <laughs> franchises but we had to do it at some point uh, we started this whole thing in preparation for our big break after the Christmas uh, creating episodes for the bank solid sequel yeah. come and see 1985 this was uh, tour de force film from Russia, a story that you don't really hear that often. Uh, the German attack on Belarusian forests during the Second World War, and it, obviously it, released as our uh, Yuletide episode. Yeah, it, it it was one hell of a movie. I must must admit. Okay, even you who has kind of seen everything and is not impressed by anything. <laughs> That's cool. 
Yeah, it, it it was it was I I really so enjoyed the the way how it emphasized the sound of war. Like the the the, the running thematic to me in in Common Sea was how does the war sound like to the people experiencing it, and it it did some really kind of kind of a it, it did some really experimental stuff. With its sound design, like like when when the bikes, the motorbikes of the of the German troops are approaching the village, and the first thing you kind of hear is is the bikes, and you just follow the sound of the bikes, before you even have a clear visual on what's actually happening in in the scene. And even with the shots, or the the way that it was told from a first person perspective at times, which you funnily enough, I th- I don't think you even kind of paid attention to that on your viewing. Like uh, you could have the view of the boy looking straight into the eyes of this girl who was also in the forest. Yeah. Yeah, kind of breaking the fourth wall in a way. Kind of. And, and then everybody uploads the fucking Doom movie for, for be, being in first person. Somehow being groundbreaking because of the first person perspective. Oh, okay. I personally haven't even seen that. Yeah, you you haven't mi- missed anything. Thought so. Yeah. Goldeneye, episode seventy-three. Oh yes, we had the special special guests here. Guest here, we had Tom Franklin and Matt Spicer from the Suits of James Bond, now called Bond Suits. So thanks a lot for that. That was. This just goes to show how much we need experts on this podcast. <laughs> it, 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 okay. it does. It does, and it, it goes to show exactly. How kind of a wide range of experts you have out there? Yeah, it's like an endless way of talking about films. Yup. Like who who could have actually thought that that um, guy who who makes essentially a fashion blog actually would have so much to say about a movie? Yeah. Fascinating views. It, it is. We got to the 74th episode of uh, Cinema Challenge 2019 wrap-up. We had our super fan, Haley Sundström. And we were basically just going through all the films that we watched in the Cinema Challenge, the 20 films. What about that? That, that was a fun, quite free-flowing conversation. It, it, it was. It, it was such a, such a free-flowing discussion that it, it went off the rails at times. It was just us talking about the fucking podcast structure right <laughs> <laughs> yeah where's our guest are yeah, you still here yeah yeah Harry being there like oh my fucking god i'm mm. wasting my life <laughs> you know uh, apologies for that Harry. yeah she is still listening even went through this on Shandalu episode <laughs> <laughs> she was first checking like did I start this episode from some wrong part? <laughs> then she realized what's going on. <laughs> she gave me some kind of creative feedback about it. It was just like a two-second clip. And you can't even really explain it. Like, the same thing goes for the film. The feedback was like a two-second clip where there was some animal. And on the other side of the screen, you would see her... Hitting some metallic objects. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck, that's creative. <laughs> like, that was great. That 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 is, that is. But 
that kind of wraps up this this uh, if if you, we once again think of these as as seasons and this would be like the season two of the podcast. The season one was was the uh, godly amount of technical problems and me changing the mic mm. every episode and it, you know that the sound just being completely off half the time. Uh, then the season two would be kind of the edgy emo experimental phase of this podcast where we do all this crazy stuff and <laughs> and you at times really i i think really hit the hit the mark and and reach for the code when it comes to be being experimental and trying new stuff and i i don't know maybe maybe now in in season three we can finally actually get good. <laughs> right it's, uh, it's been a long journey growing up like yeah episode 1 to 50 there were technical problems and sound quality issues here and there but also there was a lot of passion and after 50 episodes maybe we, there were moments where we got a little bit exhausted but we started to get more professional I suppose in the structure and how we do it it is. It, it's kind of a... I never actually noticed this myself as a podcast listener or as a follower of any YouTube channel, but now as a as a podcast producer, I actually do notice how how these, these things, like these products, like this podcast essentially is. They, they kind of carry with them the, the growing pains of, of the project. Yeah. Like now, looking back to what we have that the past ninety nine episodes, I can actually actually clearly see how 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 we have changed and shape up. Not not just only as a podcast, but also as a podcast hosts, and mm. and how how the way how we try to do the episodes and how we approach film has changed as as we have done more and more of this stuff. We have gotten more out of the, you know, the, the coldly analytical, like, how do you like this mask? How is the character walking in the, yeah. in the, in the scene early days? And we are not so heavily anymore plagued by audio issues. But, but now we have been more experimental and going more crazy with our stuff. And also the podcast itself is kind of changing constantly. Like these days, we are more about not not so much about the scene by scene necessarily. We are more about you know the the heavy topics that we can find and address through the picture that we are watching. Yeah, I think the direction is correct. That we have we have overemphasized maybe the structure of scene by scene, going through every single scene like slaves, even if there's nothing to talk about those yep. particular scenes, really. Well, I mean, we can talk for hours, but there's really not always something to talk about. But so that we now try to concentrate on those more interesting points, the points uh, kind of special to that particular movie that we should actually talk about. And the same goes for the quickies. We don't really care that much about the quickies anymore. No, the, the, the quickies actually have been a clusterfuck for, for the past episodes for, or for quite some time it has and i i i've noticed that 
you haven't really paid attention to that part anymore. No, neither have I. Uh, yeah, there there are some questions from the quickies which I I still do actually think about it, where I I do pay attention. Yeah. But something with the quickies is that the quickies themselves have transformed into this kind of a cacophony of of crazy shit where where you know we 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 forgot one category and then they gets brought back and then we invent new quickies and then we forget them and get or just yeah this is not usable material and it just kind of a makes the fucking nightmare at times at least with certain categories like like the first shot that comes to mind which we already dumped that we already dumped that but we we kept random confusing question which which was supposed to be the bridge to the first shot that comes to mind <laughs> <laughs> the, sure. the fuck and 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 the best sh- your favorite shot which we dumped and then brought back and then dumped again and brought back again and at this point I'm not even paying attention <laughs> I'm I'm just calling some shit from the film and being like yeah that's that's me for the longest time I was actually uh, uh, actually escaping the whole question by letting you go first and then I was yeah yeah it's the same shot <laughs> <laughs> I noticed maybe I should finally after trying for one and a half years to send you the latest list of the quickies so <laughs> you can go with the same ones but yeah what what really counts for me is the what makes the movie special let's talk about that and yeah same, just, same here yeah. Same here. To me, it's it's. I I I do understand kind of the the merit of the quickies uh, from the podcast host perspective. Like, the the quickies at their best, they can be a tool for us to once for one final time in that episode revisit the film and mm. and give ourselves kind of a a, a structure, like yeah, yeah. what to pay attention in in this given film. But for example, when we get to films like, or analysis like, my God, On Her Majesties, that was some of the best analysis that we have had in the podcast. We went through through it all. There's nothing possibly anymore left to say. Even we went through those, which I'm really proud of those. We, we kind of came up with this during the moment, like the four biggest failures of Bond at the clinic. <laughs> There was some brilliance and stuff. And yeah, I don't know where I was going with this. But yeah, I concentrate on, on those key points more. And I feel that we have been selecting films that we definitely would not have selected in the beginning of the podcast or even the first 50 podcasts now. No. Um, for example, well, we went... Uh, for first one, we went to Rear Window, which is, a, of course, a big classic. But now we're doing some crazy shit like uh, Chicken Windaloo, Unchandaloo, or what else have, have we been doing? Well, well, French New Wave. Yeah, yeah, so, Sprinkle, 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 right. which is, you know, less than a minute right. as, a, as a film. We did have these, these like, reaching the high bar, bar episodes. Where we were really upping the ante, but usually in, in, during during the first fifty episodes, the upping the ante happened through us, uh, by us approaching more heavily loaded topics, and getting more and more 
versed in political questions, like for example, uh, the pretty fl- uh, village pretty flame. Oh God! Yep, which was really big reach for us because that that was minefield to approach. Like how how do you talk about still quite recent civil war? Yeah, and and not be ris- disrespectful to any given side. And and still trying to uphold, you know, your take on the fact that, yeah, yeah, some of the stuff that these guys did was really shitty, mm. and and was terrible, and and was a crime against humanity, and and still not come off like you are sitting on your high horse and and you know waving an easy attack on on someone and just claiming you know good guy scores, but trying to be neutral and simply looking at the situation from an as neutral perspective as, as possible. And trying to really understand the conflict and speak about it in a perfectly uh, understandable and uh, correct way and respecting your guest, all of those things for two hours straight. Yeah. That was that was a minefield. That was. And and we when it comes to artistry and aesthetics we we also were there were some films where really were trying to do this but but all together when when it comes to it kind of comes to being more experimental as a podcast artistically wise i would say this is that the the past 50 episodes now have been the really, really the time when we have more played with the the structure of podcast Yeah. And and what you can actually do in in an episode when you are doing a film podcast. Yeah, growing up, in other words. And so I see the structure itself as kind of a guide, which you are supposed to be breaking every now and then. Die Another Day, episode 75. Well, we have said what we have said about that one, and that wasn't, unfortunately, really lackluster in ter- in lack of a better term for the run of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Too bad he didn't get his fifth run, but then again we got Daniel Craig. Episode 76, Hellraiser 3. Well, all yours. It's one of those. I think it's kind of good that we went through it to kind of, this was still interesting as an episode to do, to explain how and why the the entire franchise then fell. Yep. Yeah, when, when it comes to, to franchise-wise, Hellraiser 3 is, is kind of a... It's it's an interesting film because that's the downward, where the downward slope yeah. starts. Um, when it comes to Hellraiser, maybe something... And this is, once again, this is one of, one of those situations I, I mentioned where the idea sounds good in your head but you are not sure if it really would make a good episode but maybe Hellraiser 4 really? it's there. there's a like once again sounds good in my head Yeah. but when it comes to Hellraiser 4 it, it's one of those cases where the studio meddling kind of really fucked over the film and and there is kind kind of the second film which never got released and and there are, there are hints in in the released cut 
of the movie to that film and the larger mythos and the larger themes it's going to play. And those themes are, to me, really interesting. That being said, would it necessarily make a good episode? Perhaps not, because that's a point that can be addressed pretty early and pretty quickly. And then maybe the next or, or the rest of the episode would just, you know, us being like, there, there's nothing more to talk about. Just hmm. let's just end this quickly. I once flashed you the idea that would there be any point of kind of breaking the episode structure once again in a way that we would talk about all the Hellraiser sequels in one big episode, just run through them in a way, in a kind of a free flow conversation instead of scene by scene. Yeah. Uh... Or then we do just some kind of a smaller episodes without scene by scene. For 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 the longest time, I've actually dreaded that prospect and and doing an episode like that because that yeah. that would be like watching a hell of a lot of films and necessarily doing the background for those films also, so that you can understand why what happens in the film happens. Mm. But now that we have done the Bond franchise, and I had to realize, acknowledge and admit that a franchise can read completely differently when you look at it as a franchise than when you look at it as an individual films. Maybe, yeah. Like, when it comes to the downfall of Hellraiser, there, there, I do think there, there really is some interesting topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because because the downfall is, honest to God, the downfall of Hellraiser franchise is, is something to behold because it, it it comes from from greatness to like like really rock bottom rat shit awful and and your fan well like as a, as a fan of the franchise, I myself have to uh, um, I, I've been forced to kind of transform. From from a fan of this really great thing in, into the fan who just takes more and more abuse, and I'm just grateful that this time it didn't hurt as much as the previous time. So, so yeah. please, please, you didn't hit me so hard. It's like having the right tools but using them wrongly. It's always interesting to discuss <laughs> about. Same goes for Halloween. Seventy seventh episode, Gone with the Wind. Uh, this was some direction that I was completely kind of ob- oblivious about in a way that I had not seen the film. Of course, I've always heard about the film, but I just felt that this is not something on my agenda. But it's a classic film, so we delved deep into it. goes like three hours or what is it? And uh, we had uh, surprisingly maybe different views about the whole marital rape. Or we we did like gone go we did gone with the wind and then we never escaped the shadow of it like, like the the murder rape and the the, the garbage packers scene kind of just keeps on creeping into this episode every now and then in the in the discussions. Yeah, yeah, that was great, and we went to Parasite. Had some newer production in the podcast for. A change, directed by Bong Joon-ho. For this one, we went to the theater, and I went to the Polish cinema with Polish subtitles twice to see it because I just felt like it. 
even though it's kind of but it's as i said stated out it's quite easy to follow what is happening there regardless of what your what your language level in polish might be yeah the, the, the second time in our history that we have done actually a, a theater run film while it's on theater yeah that is because you need a mortgage for watching films pretty the much theater. yeah well, I dropped the bonus episode Kino Cameral Neck Cafe interview with Piero. This is the, from the time when we desperately tried to fill our quota of episodes before we went to our December January break. <laughs> I I and I I just try to, you know, take part in in this episode. I I was uh-huh. I, I I was in a train traveling from from Asen of Lapland to to Helsinki back back then. Okay. I, I was I was physically on the train and I was trying to you know get get on the air. We were in in Discord with Kari and and, the, and my connection just kept on cutting off constantly and the audio was shit and Kari couldn't hear what I was saying and then I dropped off online because once again you know as end of Lapland so of course the connections are worth of shit and and to, and to add to the insult uh, this was a cellar level theater so but i was connected to the to the wi-fi of that building but still <laughs> something kept happening i think i got disconnected awful mess but um yeah this is the first episode where you are not part of the episode but it was a bonus episode so no biggie yeah and it it, it is an interesting episode in the sense that uh, this is an is an interview yeah like this, this isn't you know our, our typical here. Here's a film, enjoy the recap type of type of stuff. But mm. you know, this is us actually, or or you in this case, actually reaching out to someone just for you know to have the interview and and really shining a light on to someone. Yeah, different way of approaching it. Ultimately, we didn't released this even during this december january time it this got like I don't know, almost two months of delay or what but it got finally released when i felt that it was the moment and um we could do more of those in some way which we would just need more of your money dear listener 79th episode casino royale daniel craig's entry to the franchise listen to that if you're interested 81st episode Coriolanus 2011 this was a great one from Henrik one of those few Henrik selections and uh, we have the modern day actor of M Ra- Ray Fiennes acting as the Coriolanus a modern adaptation of William Shakespeare's play I really really love this movie yeah uh, uh, an episode which was done purely to, to show our audience is that I actually have hit something. <laughs> <laughs> well done there. Jurassic Park, 82nd episode. This is one again, once again one of those classic film episodes where we just thought that the, the best way to approach, is, approach this is just to find interesting different looking classes into the material that we're witnessing. Like, for example, talking about Nedry and how he was able to go there and be so stupid with that cheap and dying in the process 
yeah and how the goats are delivered to t-rexes yeah also a franchise that might actually merit from a franchise retrospective and being covered more at some time because also when it comes to jurassic park as a franchise it, it kind of goes into a baffling mess as, as you go on those are always interesting we have started so many franchises here that we have we have material to continue with yeah certainly yeah the only downside is that after halloween we both have been kind of careful never again to yeah. really try to do the whole franchise it's never gonna happen again <laughs> and as our number 83 episode we uh, went through our latest bond film to to discuss the inspector from 2015 Yeah, a, a film that doesn't take three hours to explain what the hell is wrong with it. No, five hours. <laughs> five hours. And we cut it to three. <laughs> There was a user feedback about it. <laughs> it doesn't take three hours to talk about it. You're right. It takes more. Yeah, you're, you're just lucky that you got the three-hour version. <laughs> One of our best episodes. We went through everything, I feel. And it was a particularly tough one to to kind of break down why it is such of a mess that it is it, it was it was like i i still remember the the work that you had to had to do to try to understand why this doesn't work yeah i had to take an extra day actually to kind of break it down yeah because on a surface level when you see it your brain kind of tells you that that this should working. Yeah, this should be great. Mm. At the same time, you have the nagging voice in the beginning of your head telling you that, no, no, don't, this, this is dog shit. Yeah. The biggest part, which was kind of a shock for me in theater, is that it <laughs> it goes into this Austin Powers level of cliches for some reason. It could have avoided them perfectly. <laughs> so easily. Yeah. And the whole plotline about the kind of a, not really a, a blood relationship, but this adopted child relationship. <laughs> yeah. It, it was me all along, Mr. Pollard. Oh. Uh, and, a, and a kind of a miscast or misrepresented Blofeld. Yep. Number 84, Cheapers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was like the whole episode worth of child molestation jokes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking during, during edit, is this gonna work out? Can we leave this in? But, well, we're talking about a child molester, so let's just go ahead. We did throw a lot of punches there, have to say, and rightfully so. Uh, still, when it comes to throwing punches, one of our maybe easiest films to target about because yeah. when, when it comes to the director of um, when, when it comes to cheaper scrapers nobody anymore gives a shit about cheaper scrapers or the director or the director director yeah so easy target there there yeah. it's it's kind of a ever since cheaper scrapers i've actually been asking myself the question how would we actually feel and how would we be able to pull it off When and if we would be approaching a film from a really problematic, problematic filmmaker that is really good, like if we would be talking about Roman Polanski, Roman Polanski, 
for example, a Roman Polanski feature, what would that be like? Because she, once again, Cheaper Creepers was an easy target to attack. And Victor Salva, an easy mark. Like, you can just throw punches. Mm. Because, really, who remembers Cheaper Creepers? F- fucking nobody. But Roman Polanski has done some really excellent, like, fucking masterpiece level films. Yeah. And he, he still, like, it, it, it's not official because the asshole escaped the the sentencing prosecution yeah prosecution but but most likely the director is a is a really horrible person or or you know something like quentin tarantino or or uh, stanley kubrick the directors who reportedly have been well, not not sexually assaulting, but but other ways abusing both physically and mentally their actors on the set. Kubrick being really notorious for this one. So w- once again, how how do you approach it? How how do you reconcile with the fact that you may really like the film and and loathe the man behind it, or e- even really appreciate and love the man as a as a professional, as a director, but then at the same time having to acknowledge that uh, outside of that, he's he might be a monster. This is where you need to, at least in my opinion, you have to take this kind of a split brain approach. Unfortunately, it will drive you crazy, but you need to kind of respect what he has done artistically. And then just, if you know what you're talking about regarding the allegations, then go ahead and talk about it. But I'll, I would be really careful about the Roman Polanski. At, at least at, at this point, I would need to do a full-on research about it before I want to open my mouth. Yep, it, it is. It, it is tricky waters. But it's also an interesting question as a as a like pop culture consumer. Yeah. Like, how do you reconcile with those two realities? It's tricky. Yeah. It, it, it's tricky having these Roman Polanski movies on your shelves, and then mm. yeah, yeah, and go, going back to them and thinking about yeah, maybe he raped a minor. Like yeah, let's put it on. Yeah, let's put it on. Let's let's roll Chinatown. <laughs> uh, number eighty-five, the little world of Don Camillo. Don Camillo, uh, excuse me, in Italy you pronounce it as L L Camillo. And in Spanish, that would be, I guess, Camillo. Well, then again, that's me and foreign languages. <laughs> but you did get it right. <laughs> so, the little word of Don, Don Camillo. Mm, one of those Henrik films, and one of those... <laughs> <laughs> this started the Italian-French direction of our <laughs> podcast. Well, well, well the, the rest is completely your, your fault. <laughs> Well, you provided this gem and I had to play with the IDM. Well, we went to number 86 Cinema Party, so... And one of those Italian-French co-productions, once again. An absolute classic film that had a gazillion of versions. Definitely recommended for our listeners. And we then went to Moulin Rouge, our first musical in the podcast. That took some time. I'm still not going to do La La Land, by the way. You maybe rent. It 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 had it it has gays and AIDS because homos has AIDS, you know. 
I'm going to skip all of those movies. <laughs> That's like 95% of movies with gays. Yeah, let's see. But yeah, musicals are an interesting beast to tackle movie-wise because they kind of operate on on the on the logic of their own. Yeah, it's like a artistic beast. Throw the logic to the bin. 88th episode, nobody knows. Daremo Shir and I, here we had a Japanese guest. Sho Watanabe from Japan. We had some disagreements about how to approach this film and whether it took the right direction by kind of not really following the original case, but kind of being only based on it and perhaps suffering as uh, by doing this approach. Episode 89, Coincidence, Beliski. Once again, we had a local guest. This was a Czech Republic comedy, which actually I think you can enjoy, even if you don't really know the background of the war or the conflict. Episode 90, Breathless. We went to the French New Wave. Yeah, because someone had a bright idea. Uh, well, that was from the easier end. I started to look at the other films of Jean-Luc Godard, and I was like, Holy <laughs> I, I, I still remember my first time when I saw La Weekend from Godard. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't even remember which one was it of those films that I bought from Godard, but it's, it's a big work in progress. First five minutes in, and wait, do I actually need to process what was said or just <laughs> let it flow? Episode 91, we went to Russia once again. We've been going a lot to Slavic territory. And we did get Tom Franklin back for the episode. We had kind of a bit of a deal with him that we would do some episode outside of the Bondosphere later with him. So we did. And he did great research on that one. And it was well done. Then we went to short films on 92, A Trip to the Moon. I was kind of hesitant about it, and I, I I wasn't sure if this is going to fit our format, whether we want to do this at all. But then again, why not? At first, my idea was to maybe go through three different short films, because they are short films in one episode. But ultimately, <laughs> you were right, because we spent two hours talking about A Trip to the Moon. Yep. So we went only with one movie per episode. And it's going to be something that we're going to keep on the episode, uh, podcast, I think, every one per month. 93, No Man's Land. Yeah, we had to balance it out after Pretty Village, Pretty Flame. We went to Bosnia to check out a similar film to Pretty Village, Pretty Village, Pretty Flame. The Bosnia War conflict has been now buried for now as we have tackled a Serbian and a Bosnian film about it. Uh, until we once again dig it up. Uh, until we go to a Croatian version of this. <laughs> I I actually have been meaning to brought up the topic that we should also cover a Croatian film about about the conflict. Yeah, what, what's next? The Croatian transsexual society version of the conflicts and their their feelings and documentaries about the conflict and when when will it end when is it enough it's never enough i i fear 
Henrik feels so uh, apologetic about even approaching this whole conflict in the podcast. <laughs> Episode 94, Corpus Christi, Bože Ciao. We went to Poland for the Oscar nominee film. And we released it on the day of Corpus Christi. It was kind of topical, I felt. A director that we had not touched upon before. Episode 95, Time to Hunt, 2020. One of our newest films in the podcast, once again, from the director Yon Sung Hyun. That's the first Netflix pick that we have had. It is. And even though we were talking about uh, watching more stream service films from now on, we haven't exactly done that. Although Anshandalu is online, I'm not quite sure if it's in the public domain, but you can definitely see it if you want online. So Time to Hunt, yeah, I this was a fun film. It's just plain fun. We haven't had a lot of fun in this podcast lately and this was uh just some crazy two hours to spend your time relax and just get rid of your brain cells and go for it and and, and st- this coming from the guy who didn't appreciate zombie strippers everybody <laughs> <laughs> says, well. says something says something. i'm not saying what I'm saying what but it, it says something well, this goes both ways. This is a guy who appreciates zombie strippers, but not so much time to hunt at points. <laughs> <laughs> Our brains do flips every now and then. Well, in, Double in, standard in, brains. In 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 my my defense, zombie strippers is actually a film that even made even you appreciate the hits of Jenna Jameson. <laughs> so. You know, it it, it be, speaks volumes about the power that film can have. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> An Andalusian dog. More famous, I guess, by the title that I've said like five times already. On Jean Delu. That was fun. It, it, it was the most experimental that we have ever been. Editing wise as well. Don't know if you have listened to it. Probably not. Nope. It it's still the fact that I only really, really rarely and really occasionally revisit anything anything that I've ever you know participated myself in. But that would be the growing process, right? Like going back to it and then hearing like oh, maybe this this wasn't quite good and maybe I can improve here or. Maybe I should quit the podcast. Because... It 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 could be. I I'm kind of doing it as we record, but I I, I don't know. Maybe it could work as a or serve as a going process to me. Like if I would go by the experience in this podcast only by from from the recording experience, then I would have probably ended this podcast in the episode seven. <laughs> but uh, by listening to this episode, I find that it's actually better than what I felt during the recording. But everybody has a different experience. Not sure how you feel during the recordings. That's good. You can multitask regarding the kind of be analyzing yourself on the fly. I can't do that, I guess. Alien 97th episode. 
recorded in three places around Warsaw as the last episode in Poland. That's what you had been hearing there <laughs> most of the time. There was a pheasant. Was that annoying for you to listen? The Not noise? really. I mostly just blocked it out and just, you know, a- accepting it was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay any, I'm not going to pay too much attention to this. I'm just going to focus on, you know, doing my part. And it kind of helped me a great deal. I don't know what is the typical listener experience like uh, our average listeners brought up by by the fashion. <laughs> I've yet to hear any feedback about this episode. <laughs> but, but then again, what what episode are we not yet to hear any feedback? Right. Um. I feel that well, on some occasions when we have had the background ambience, people have actually kind of liked it. And I, I think that podcasters and maybe people who record voice, they might pay too much attention to to the absolute silence of the space and the optimal uh, recording space that it doesn't have any echo and all that. But a pheasant every once in a while might actually bring something <laughs> to the end product. Number 98, Zombie Strippers. The that, the, that the working the... man film of, of of this podcast made to made to the every man out there in the audience. That that was an experience. Half a vodka <laughs> bottle consumed and... and and you can hear it. Like <laughs> it, it 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 was once again one of those episodes where where we we started the episode with a little bit of drink, and then the drink just kind of happened. And and the the rest of it is somewhat r- drunk and mumbling like. <laughs> yeah, you can already hear it in the voice. Like, not optimal results, but great shouting match. If, if <laughs> it, it was it. a shouting match in like a really confined space because there was like a bunk bed at my summer house in Finland where I recorded it in Alabus and I was there trying to eliminate the the noise and the echo so I put this kind of a curtain on it and I was in this kind of a concealed hot space and the uh, the fireplace was on I just put it can can you put a fireplace on well I put fire in the fireplace <laughs> and for the background ambience it didn't quite work <laughs> there was the wall clock <laughs> which I eliminated quite quickly And it ended up when I was screaming there, you could really hear it on the levels. It went to the to the red levels, <laughs> which should never happen in a professional product. So apologies already. <laughs> that wasn't a professional day. But but, but what, what can what what can you say? Like it's it's accept, acceptable. You were drunk, <laughs> or like a professional. Yeah. But that that all can actually explain away your opinions of the movie. But I kind of love this this uh, few episodes before we get got to the hundred. So we got this uh, crazy crap in Anshandalu. This um, what do you call this? This uh, surrealist film, short film, the one with the alien with pheasants. And on ninety eight, we have zombie strippers and shouting match. 
And on 99, we went to Sprinkle Sprinkle than the general yeah. film history and tried to talk about <laughs> film, but it was more about the history. It, it, it was mostly about the history. Yeah. So that that was kind of that. Yeah, that that was it. Um, sprinkles, uh, sprinkle, sprinkled being the shortest film we have ever covered on the podcast. Yeah, forty-five, fifty seconds, something like that. Something like that. All right. What's next? Um, what's your favorite episode from memory? Anything like that? I accent um, depends. Uh, perhaps a bit. Um, what is the time frame we are coming from? Like, like from the first one to the hundredth, or maybe the, all know, of them? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Yalen. Wow. Okay. Serious episodes. Yeah. Because I I feel that in Yalen we provided most to the to the listeners. Because we kind of provided the entire framework in the into the film, or 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 the establishing of the content, you know, came from us. Because the film doesn't give you give you jack shit; it just presents itself to you. Uh, from these past fifty episodes, maybe an Andalusian dog, because that was the most experimental and also the most free flowing for us. Mm. For me, I I would probably gravitate always towards Pretty Village, Pretty Flame. Since we we did a lot of background research on that, and I think that shows pretty well, really informative episode. But apart from that, from 15, uh, 51 to 99, I'm really proud of the James Bond episodes, obviously, because I, well, I can kind of talk circles around in, in those areas. So that was fun. From the earlier episodes, yeah, sure, Call Me By Your Name is one that I think we also got to the really emotional area in this podcast. and Kind of like that. Yeah, we, we that the, the emotional side we kind of started with Apocalypse Now. Yeah. That, that was the, the opening ourselves as, as individuals to the episode. Yeah. And we have been more open ever since. It it, it kind of do, doing apocalypse kind of felt like we were finally leaving a burden out of our shoulders because we were no longer so kind of afraid to address ourselves to the audiences. Don't know if I ever was afraid to address myself, but that felt like the appropriate episode to get kind of deep diving yeah. into your soul. I, I almost definitely was constantly up until that point. I was I was constantly trying to keep this kind of, kind of a emotional wall between myself and this podcast, and making sure that that the version of me that the podcast gets it is kind of a constructed uh, constructed personality. Mm. Like I I really thought uh, about some work in the coming into any given episode in a certain way and and leaving kind of myself out of the equation and that's where it's changed for me in in apocalypse now i think we completely skipped talking about the 80th episode the birth of a nation 
And for good fucking reason. It carries the burden of being probably the most racist film coming from the United States ever. Yep. That's about it. That... It, it, it was quite the episode to actually do in the end. And yeah, in, this, is, in, this is an episode that we could have researched a little bit better or or the, or the subjects around it, at least from my part. So that was a mess. Yeah, but then again, it's also the episode where, I don't know, we maybe discussed most behind the scenes outside of all, all the editing nightmare that was the privilege pretty flame mm. where we had what three or five different versions of the 13. episode yeah something like that yeah 13 different versions of the episode before we could actually you know come to terms with what we release and in in the birth of a nation, we had the most discussion between ourselves behind the screens. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to discuss something quick, quickly, just to point out something about time to hunt, which could be kind of a revelatory or changing our views of the film quite completely, because there was this uh, actor playing Han, the antagonist of the film. And he revealed that, in his opinion at least, he's not expecting any kind of a sequel to it. And uh, he told that, in his opinion, it would not even be in the cards of the of the actor uh, of the director. So that would then essentially mean that what this film is doing is not sequel baiting at all, but it's kind of kind of pretty intelligently uh, kind of wrapping up the story. In a way that if you do some heist like this, it will haunt you forever. And the only choice is to go back and face your fears. And that's all you need to tell about the goddamn thing. So that's kind of... It's kind of a mixed situation where the film itself leaves or ends with a cliffhanger. Because the final survivor of the heist is is now fully prepared and fully trained and going back to to South Korea to face off Han again. Han, who has miraculously survived from being shot for the 15 million times. And but maybe it's kind of the... the the end game really that the, the feeling of uncertainty and that you have to face the fear and that's all you need to know about the consequences when you get into this situation yeah 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 that, that also like it, it's it, it is kind of a once again it, it's kind of a double-edged situation yeah so which of our films that we have tackled would you like to return to? Particularly at this point, I, I don't think I would like to return to any of them. I'm kind of sick of them, editing them and talking about <laughs> them. So <that> we... <laughs> yeah, I, I share the feeling. Like I, I do have episodes where I feel that I could have done a better performance. Maybe sure. maybe not being... being spe- spending so much of a time being a dyslectic fuck and trying to think what are words how do letter and you know be, be more concise and comprehensive and you know altogether give a pe- better performance 
there, there are some films where maybe we could have tackled a, a, a theme or two more than we did. And Illusion Dog. Not necessarily under Illusion Dog. I, I feel that we... Well, yeah. Yeah. Also under Illusion Dog. Like, we, with under Illusion Dog, we could have actually covered the, the art movement history. Like, well, from, from, from art to Dadaism, and from Dadaism to Surrealism, we could have actually covered that. Mm. We, we didn't do it because that, once again, would have been too much of an structure in the, into a episode that was covering a surrealist film and I I do feel still that us not forcing the, the art history into the discussion was actually a service to that episode or at least us approaching the film because the, the film doesn't want you to put any kind of a construction around it construction around around the film and in a way with that messed up construction of the episode or lack thereof we kind of drove the point home that you are not supposed to take it too seriously we we did drive home the point that this is kind of how you are supposed to approach the film i i do when when we were preparing to 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 record the episode and this was something where i actually was really hesitant to do the episode. Like I, I, I was, I was telling to you that we should po- postpone the recording, and I, I, I said that I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know what what I'm supposed to fucking do here. Like uh, we can't. Like <sighs> this once again. This this comes back to you know. Carla Kinnunen calling you out in Twitter and, and saying that you don't know nothing about films. I, I do feel that when it came to an Andalusian dog, when it comes to surrealist piece of film, if you try to understand and talk about it in mm. a in a typical way, where you have this 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 construction around the discussion, you you have a form and you are concising the film into that form by the way how you talk about it, that's precisely you missing the point. And that, especially with Andalusian Dog, where the filmmakers were so goddamn adamant that you shouldn't be doing that, or or, or else you are misunderstanding little shit heel. That was, like, like, if we would have then done it, we have actually, you know, failed every check that the filmmakers put uh, put for us. Just for the record, I never aimed for doing any kind of real analysis of the film. And and that that was that was kind of the only only honest approach that we could take. Like like that was I I still do maintain that was us precisely understanding the film and going with the film's rules. How did you feel when I started the episode and I was completely out of the construction, starting with the ending of the episode? I, I, you were with me from the first second, pretty much, I felt. It I, took like a little bit of processing, I guess, but yeah, you got it. It, it, it took, it, it took, it, 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 even behind, after all, all the, you know, behind the scenes discussion that we had yeah. and, and you telling me that we can pull it off. That you know, let let's just start the recording a bit later, 
part, but we can do it. E- even after all that, it it did caught me off guard, and I, I it, it took me some time to get into the groove. But once I did, I I did feel that that was us being maybe the most free that we have been on this podcast. <laughs> janne, Janne, oh my god. Well, that that I I feel that that was actually actually a, a solid moment, like the, the like like if you would I would have to name one gold star moment. It would preci- be precisely that. What what did you think about Andrews and I haven't seen it. It doesn't matter. It's a surrealist film. <laughs> and inserting time to hunt comments from Lee. <laughs> <laughs> But I made it in a way that it's quite short and it doesn't make any sense. I have taken like a free flow approach to that and just taken everything out of context and mixed Lee's words as you do as a <laughs> professional editor with your <laughs> guests. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. Like I, I can imagine that it's a nightmare for for the listeners to to listen to. Mm. Most definitely, but but at the same time, how the fuck would you really have talked about an Andalusian dog? Well, like you you would have done a typical episode, and you were done exactly what you have been blamed for not understanding the movie and not going with the film's terms. Yeah. What's going on in your in your personal life? Do you want to? shed light on what's happening with you apart we have been discussing this podcast for a hell of a long time here but anything else in our lives um i don't know i i usually don't talk about my my projects because i i'm i'm one of those who don't like to make noise about himself i just i just do my work quietly and move on as you do when you are thin um at at the moment i'm once again meddling in in video game design doing a 2d side score action game in this one project Mm-hmm. Most likely, will be a horrible mess, like like was the last time when I was doing a mobile game. What are you exactly doing there? I'm now I'm working as a. Uh, uh, I'm for a. I I'm responsible for the script mm. for for the game. I I write the dialogue and narrative and all, all that shit. Wow. But I also am one of the three Unreal Engine coder, coders that we have. And C++? The, yeah. Wow. And, and the, well, I'm, I'm not a level designer, but I, I do take the designs from our art team. And then I construct the levels based on those designs. Like kind of some basic physical features of the level, the size, or what, what does it entail? Um, and in the end, it it entails basically building that level from the given assets that I get. Uh-huh. At, at, the, at the moment, we are still in pretty much in the early stages. So I'm just, you know, building some basic level shit. I'm, I'm trying out the, the AI constructs and trying to, to for, for example create an npc that that and create 
uh, a cinematic around the NPC and then making sure that after the cinematic runs, the friendly NPC turns to hostile, creating the AIP patterns for this kind of behavior. But once I get the assets from, from our art team, because we do our own assets for the game, then it's also up to me to actually build the entire level, like taking the assets and putting them in the right places and making sure that the level looks like it's supposed to look. Okay, so you've gone through some uh, C++ courses. That's fantastic. That's a foreign word, world for me. I work in IT, but kind of in a my certain limited scope, as you kind of do in IT. It's a huge subject I've been myself... Uh, I've been data analyst for the last eight months, which basically consists of going through customer data and uh, seeing how many units of anything in particular was sold. And then you collect the data, see that everything is matching up uh, according to our definitions of what the data should hold. That the data, for example, there would be numbers 1 to 10 uh, that you can use in certain field in that data. And I have to see that this is indeed within those parameters. And then when that's validated, I send it forward. And the company can make cute pie charts out of it and see how much they've sold any particular units of stuff. So extremely boring, in fact, <laughs> but uh, I've learned a lot. Before that, in Poland, I've been in service desk, answering calls and emails, and uh, doing user access management, uh, user account managing in any way. And uh, apart from that, it's pretty much reading whenever I can and doing this podcast and watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow trying to find time for all of that. But... In the core, I think I'm pretty much a lazy person, so <laughs> I don't run around to Finland doing art projects and <laughs> designing video games. Well, uh, you usually don't I either. Like I, I'm not well versed in in C plus plus or C sharp, mm. but I I do somehow end up finding myself self in in, the, in this weird video game project you're and pushing yourself to be more social <laughs> and active i guess i, I something is driving you and it kind of scares me sometimes <laughs> what is driving this guy is he running away from something in deep inside that is bothering him you said you cannot meditate yeah yeah in one way yeah i i am i guess i'm i'm trying to throw myself at work to just you know Keep keep my past away. I I don't really know what drives me. I just know that every now and then I find myself in in some kind of a crazy situation where I'm supposed to do something, and I only have a vague understanding what the dick I'm supposed to do. Like like yeah. on on top of this video game project, I'm also supposed to make a, make a sculpture to the Roma Lace Festival. My my deadline is is what in 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 twelve days. Fuck, <laughs> and I'm I'm in wrong city for that. I I I should be Pori in in Pori, you know, to, to to do my fucking sculpting, because because the deadline is 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 breathing down my neck. 
at least you have some targets. My work is going to end, the project will end on the 31st of July and have no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like I've said uh, I'm completely tired of sitting around the computer all day. But yeah, I'm looking for work all around the world. So if you have anything for me, please same, contact this podcast. You, you know, yeah, same, same here. Same, same here. If if you need and and you know cheap every man, just just drop us a send us a private message in our Facebook page. Because even though I I do have fucking goal posts, I I don't have anything that is actually going to pay any serious money. I will, I will, I will put this uh, audio file to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this and hear our proposals. <laughs> I don't know. Would you be up for the quickies about this podcast? <laughs> yeah, what 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 about the quickies? <laughs> just just cut them out. <laughs> Favorite performance <laughs> of this podcast. Would would be Yeppe in this episode. <laughs> really, really strong performance there, Jeppe. Keep up the good work. I'm just gonna go with it. I didn't prepare in any way. This is gonna be free flow as we usually do. And Anshandalu, that that is some favorite performance right there from us. <laughs> favorite shot. What does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> favorite shot, probably in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I I I've been kind of a you know ass fisting the favorite shot as we have got been going on. Yeah, or zombie strippers. Well, but zombie strippers does have some really cool shots about the, what matters the most. And what about the favorite scene? Did I raise any scenes here? We have had some fights. <laughs> we we had yeah we do have had. I I don't know what is the favorite fight. Yeah, well, we haven't had yet any even any serious fights. Yeah, like we can have a real life fist fist fight now right there, right yeah. now. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, I remember in Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, I said that that you can punch me for coming into this film with you. So now's your chance. <laughs> well, well, it's 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 your luck that I'm too much of a pussy to actually you know throw a decent punch. Most likely because I would just fracture my wrist. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I think we had some great battles in Ghost in the Shell, in fact. So I'll just, I'll just go with that. <laughs> mm. Favorite lines. <laughs> it's probably one of those Bond episodes. Really strong material. Gotta admit, we had a lot of fun in Moonraker. It 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 it, it could be there, fighting with our guest. Favorite kill. <laughs> this is pretty stupid. <laughs> this this kind of is maybe adding some vodka into my wine. <laughs> really? Yeah yeah go ahead. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, that doesn't taste good at all. 
like like not not the listeners, never mix. Cheap Persian vodka with with rose wine. Noted. I would never do that anyway. <laughs> But hey, that that's alcoholism for you. Favorite kill. I you know? I guess my liver. <laughs> I don't know if, it, if it's if it's favorite, but we kind of killed off Tom Franklin uh, in many moments, or maybe we pushed him aside a bit by <laughs> talking for hours, and the poor guy just doesn't get an opportunity to talk much. <laughs> maybe Lee, our most clickbaited guest on on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did have that picture of him. We we do have the entire time to hunt episode <laughs> which we got some some uh, I, you know indirect listener feedback okay did I, did I post you that one that Lee got from one you you friends? you did you yeah. you did I feel quick by that <laughs> I, I, I listened to two hours of podcast just to listen here ten ten minutes <laughs> from yeah that happened what drew you out <laughs> <laughs> You, 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 your opinions on chump strippers. <laughs> like, like, fuck you. Take, take a cork to that chest, man. <laughs> yeah, well, what drew me out? Insanely long editing sessions. <laughs> Spending most of my life with this podcast. Not having, frankly, as much listeners as we would like to have. We do have a very long recording sessions, mm-hmm. which we could kind of try to minimize, but we are not too good with that. Yeah, like like looking at my audacity, we are now going with two hours and forty minutes already. Sick. That the person who is supposed to provide the roof on 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 top of my head is already kind of sending me messages on whatsapp like when you are gonna quit i'm gonna go to sleep and just you know offhand i'm trying to tell her that you know just just hold on a little bit longer we're yeah. almost done well you can always stay here and see where it goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well all the bars are already closed mm. what drew me out Sometimes I think we just mumble bumble on in the episode. No, oh, no shit. Like yeah. We don't have much to say. Let's just do the scene by scene and good <laughs> What drew you in? I I don't know. The the the, the vague promise that film podcasters get pussy. I'm sta- I'm starting to notice that the booze is finally starting to affect me. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> well, kind of the thoroughness. Sometimes we actually have really good points in the podcast, and that we go through films that not all of the podcasts do. And I think we are a pretty good podcast. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing for me too. Like, 
we we don't manage to do it in in every single individual episode, but th- there are episodes where we really manage to yeah. address quite a heavy topic, and I I do think that in those moments we kind of do manage to do. Uh, and you know this, this being a self congratulating thing for me to say, but pretty damn good job. Mm. I think we should pay more attention to the type of films that we select, so we could have more of a topic here. Maybe yeah, but then again, I I do think that that part of the reason why we have had such of a good discussions around film in during these ninety nine episodes is because we at times have been really free flowing it mm. and and not having like a tight schedule like this is the film we are going to now we are going to cover this film and we are co- being kind of a more pulling it off from the hip and right. that that has occasionally once again led us into some interesting waters not always into easy waters but interesting ones. True, true. Scissors of Sacrilege, what would you change in the podcast? I think we have already mentioned everything. I I guess so. Beating the dead horse. Yeah, like there, there are moments that, from me, that I'm not most proud of. But... Yeah, outside of those, I I don't really know what what I would change. Maybe X the quickies. Oh well, you're always axing all of these lists. I'm 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 always axing the lists. I I hate the lists, and basically everyone in my circles who listens to the podcast, all of which have actually negative things to say about our podcasts, uh, all, all always always mentions that you know axe the quickies. Wow. And insert something else, like for example, a segment where we go through the the main characters of the film and their motivations and what type of characters they are. Yeah, this is something that I occasionally pay attention to, and I actually kind of build a character map as I kind of did for Time to Hunt. We could do that. Yeah, good point. Ask some of some of the quickies. I'm all for that one. Speaking of. Three adjectives to describe this podcast. <laughs> Humiliating. <laughs> disaster. Waste of your time, dear listener. There you go. Expensive. <laughs> <laughs> because this actually is. Like, like this, this, especially to you, this actually has cost quite a lot of money because you have been, you have been the one to buy all, all the software yep. and, and, and the gear and the for, page space and, and, the, and yeah, yeah. All, all, all of that, all, all of the things that suck out money have come out of your pocket and we are still to see. A dime more than three euros from from this way. I I don't know who 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 gifted you that three euros, but you know you can only guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, Th- thank you, thank you a lot, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we need to well, really rethink this whole. Uh, I think we should go back to Patreon, or uh, actually do anything with Patreon. 
change it to Patreon. The thing is that, you know, currently I think we're not really abiding the law here. So we need to, <laughs> we need to actually provide some services in return for that money to be illegal. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know my stance. Like, yeah. Fuck the law. Yeah, I mean, this would work in the US as far as I know. <laughs> Just like this, but in Finland, there's this kind of different approach. We 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 can we can actually buy a PO box from US and change our legal address to that PO box. Great, thank and you. that 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 would be us us circumventing the Finnish tax laws. <laughs> there you go. In 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 this film podcast, which does not condone any criminal activities. Of course, of course not. Expensive. Far stretching, life wasting. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm still to see any sex that I would would have gotten because I'm doing a film podcast. <laughs> Keep on looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the opposite effect. Half of your Facebook friends left you. So, <laughs> if you'd make a sequel to this podcast. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Watch that. <laughs> Did you look at your watch during this podcast? No, but, but my battery just died on the laptop, which was recording both on Audacity <laughs> and Reaper. And now I only have my cell phone. Holy fucking shit. Then, Whoops. Then in that case, we better hurry. <laughs> I just changed the battery in my MacBook Air. Because <laughs> I realized that I kind of need a battery in the b- b- powerless, electric-less summer house well well to my defense this piece of shit laptop was still telling me that i have like 45 percent of battery oh yeah so fuck you pucker and bell would you recommend this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, i i i would I, i would recommend marrying your cousin more than listening to this right Which is perfectly legal in, <laughs> Which in the U.S. States. In the U.S. So. <laughs> you know, <laughs> United States, you know. I'm from Morica. <laughs> please, please, Morica, please, unfuck yourself. <sighs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good remark to make because I'm understood that a large part of our listener base comes from America. So I've understood. Yeah, so, so, you know, you know, all, all, all your American listeners, Go fuck yourselves. <gasps> But yeah, I I kinda still would actually. I I ask God, I I I would recommend our podcast because because we are poor and we need we need money. How would I not be able to recommend a podcast <laughs> that I waste my life on? Yeah. Well, it's it's actually not recommending the podcast is more and is is an easier cho- thing to do than to recommend the podcast at least for me it's easy to recommend the podcast for me it's not so easy to recommend particular episodes of the podcast okay let's let's say it that way okay because to me it's always hard to recommend anything that i do mm. i i always i'm always more of a person that goes like you know pay attention to these guys and look how how great this thing is and i'm always kind of downplaying right. playing anything that i do Yeah. As 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 some listeners has pointed have pointed out, <laughs> like like you said, it it has. We have had some great conversations here. 
and guests and all that. Yeah, and and in the end, and for for me, that the main aim of, of this podcast and and why I do this podcast is, is to to create that conversation because I believe that as long as we are we as people around the world globally as long as we are just you know talking to each other that that's and and as long as we are listening to each other and listening to different viewpoints in the situations as long as we are doing that we are not actually doing anything more harsh mm. we are we are preventing ourselves from fighting between each other and we are introducing ourselves to the other person's viewpoint that's also the whole founding per, uh, principle of of European Union like you you get all these countries that haven't really got on together that well in the past into one table and you try to tie them down into that table and make sure that the conversation stays on because as long as every country is is around the table and having a discussion all those countries are not you know militarizing they are their army and attacking the neighboring country and that's also what i feel with this podcast like our true merit is in trying to to keep up the conversation and trying to uh, present different viewpoints to our listeners and to the to the any given film and through the film to the different cultures and and through the cultures to the world and i do feel that even, even though even though not every every fucking episode that we have done is is outright gold no 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 but no. but there still are moments when we actually do manage to do this like like we yeah. we do present different viewpoints we we do take that here is this country and this is where they are coming from mm. and this is how they see the situation and if if we can do that even once even fucking once i do think that that's enough of justification for us as a podcast to exist and i kind of feel that we have at least given a solid attempt of doing that and with that i would go with you really know you're watching or listening to the flick club podcast when you're having a dialogue with the world and there's a lot of things actually behind kind of the actual kind of subject matter the film itself that we are doing in this podcast and that's one of them a really good point yeah and i i well coming coming to that like you mentioned the subject matter behind the film I do think that that's kind of the key thing to any given film. And that's what we are trying at least we are trying our best to give you as as a podcast host. That's that's why an episode of the Flick Lab can can start with a goddamn two hour long history session into into a civil war on on this this territory. Yeah. Or or that that's why we can we can I I I studied the financial situation of South Korea just just to understand the relationship between South and North Korea and that's why we have been humping up about you know this is North Korea and this is South Korea and 
and everything that that may I, I get that it may sound really boring to a listener who tunes in just to get the film analysis, just to get into the would you recommend this film part of the podcast. But I would still think that when it comes to actually doing something that that is important, that mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are most doing it. Like when we are talking about the countries and the people behind the movie. And that's the kind of tricky waters, how to find these listeners who are interested in this type of a background research. Because, well, I feel that there is enough already of podcasts who do kind of the, the basic thing. They go through the actual movie, not really what some movies mainly that don't need a huge background dive. But since we do the films that we do, we kind of have to go there anyway. And, uh, uh, I hope we will keep on finding listeners who are on the same frequency with us and would like to hear about it. Yeah, hopefully. But that's also tricky borders to us as podcast hosts. Mm. Because it's it's really hard like coming from from Finland and and trying to approach a different a country completely different to you. Like goddamn North Korea. And and still trying to stay level-headed, even though your baseline reaction to that country is completely the opposite. Yeah. Because Finland is not, air quotation marks, communist mm. dictatorship. So it's 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 really hard to every now and then you know kind of just put your liberal, democratic, Finnish self in the background and trying to to come from a clean table to another country and trying to see really what that country and what those peoples are, you know, out of. Yeah, one more point about that. It didn't begin in this way. We're just starting as any kind of a film podcast. <laughs> we we were, we yeah. were. And yeah. and like like the rear window episode was us just just going to to buy the scene by scene, and and pointing out you know the ill some of the illogicalities within the film and some of the flops in the camera work, and mm. and they they really odd odd speeding up the film at the at the end moments. Yep, and and just poking fun of that. Yeah. And and then then we get to the Halloween films, the first two, which was just us, you know, gushing over about the film. How great it is. Oh my God, John Carpenter is a genius. Oh my God, the sequel is actually much better than everybody gives it credit to. Mm. Then we had the fight, but or, or difference of opinion. But but still the, the pretty safe, pretty typical take on Halloween 3 and that's how we carried over for the most of the time and then we got to in the name of pretty quick I think it was the first movie after the marathon and that kind of that kind of switched something in me that I think this is something that we could expand upon it it, it was the film where we mo- where we actually talked about heavy subject yeah 
and and where we were talking about something that the film was about and what the film addressed but what wasn't really on the surface level like in in that episode we did talk about about catholic church and its relationship to homosexuality something that we didn't completely address something where there's still much to say about as Catholicism in in general there's there's a lot for us to still say about and discuss about as a as a thing as a theme sure but that was the moment where we kind of are left behind the the safety net that we had had in the Halloween marathon where it was just enough of us you know playing paying really close attention into into individual things like the mask and the walk and and individual scenes well <laughs> quite a ride two years i can't really say that i'll be up for the next hundred episodes in this podcast <laughs> that's too much to think about or even comprehend Well, let's just go episode by episode and see if we get there. Yeah, that, that has actually served us pretty well. Yeah. Because we we kind of stopped counting after the seventh episode. There was the seventh episode curse, which we yeah. were afraid that will also touch upon us. Then then we, you know, took notice that this is the episode eight, this is episode nine, this is episode ten. And then we just, you know, said that we we have escaped the seven episode curse and we just stopped counting the episodes and all of a sudden we were on the 50th episode which meant you know mm. a year a solid year of doing this thing and now we are in the hundredth and this is over two years of podcasting yeah wasting your life and health and money that's how it goes and that's how it goes but i i don't know in Like, like in in my dreams, there is an individual, like one individual that we have managed yeah. to reach, yeah, and and someone who actually gains something from this, someone who feels that he's not completely alone in in this world because that there were two at times drunken Finnish guys who managed to say the right words. For that person in that time in that situation and if we manage to do that even once then then you know these two years have been worth it well said i feel that as long as we continue on the way that we have already continued since the beginning the way that we i think still big movies that are kind of personal or have something that we really want to talk about and we don't just you know get a line of four films that we really don't care about just you know we have to have something that is interesting to us and that's how it's been working out for me at least for the hundred episodes i don't know how you've been able to cope with all of my selections so far <laughs> but here we are Well, your selections also have led me into films that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. 
yeah some polish films and asian so, flicks and the, not not so much asian flicks the with the asian flicks i was mostly familiar with yeah. like like the blue light and thai cookie and uh, and maybe i would have seen the time to hunt i wouldn't have checked out Hong Hong Gil Dong. I most likely wouldn't have checked out Hong Gil Dong. Yeah. But but otherwise, when it comes to Asian films, uh, I was kind of in in the safe waters. What what I'm more looking at is is well, Yen, Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, No Man's Land, even yeah yeah. I I also have to admit also the Polish films. Yeah. Most likely would have gone perhaps throughout my life without checking out those. So uh, the podcast also has, as as a film buff, being a co-host in this podcast, it has been kind of a cinematic, uh, cinematic treasure trove to also to me, because I've I've come to experience and and see films that I most likely wouldn't have seen otherwise. So, you know, thank you for that. Well, thank you also for educating me with one, some of those classics that I still had not touched upon up to this point. And that's the kind of uh, way that keeps me ticking here. Thanks for our listeners for bearing with us thus far. I have no idea what's going to happen in our next episode, the 101st. And frankly... My dear listener, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, same here. Like at this point, I'm kind of done with the the meticulous and very thought out movie calendar that we had. We have been more than more more free flowing in our past selections, and I do think that that has served us. At least relatively well. Yeah, it felt a little bit exhausting when you knew that you had to do this international cinema challenge thing. Or yeah, glad to be past that. Yeah, and I'm I'm most definitely happy to get past the or, or be far past the Halloween marathon. <laughs> All right. As this is our hundredth, I will not bother you talking about our social medias. You know where to find us. If you don't, you're bad. What's well, that there's ninety nine other episodes where I have for, for, where we have mentioned it. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on this? Anything that sticks out or whatnot? I don't really know. I. I'm kind of empty after well, it's been quite of a run to this hundred lately. I've talked about so many things. Yeah, sa- same here, same here. Like, like the only one, the only topic maybe left for discussion is the political nature of of art and by mm. art this podcast. But then again, I'm not entirely sure if if there is a discussion for us to have uh, for tonight on on that topic like it, it's obvious at this point that 
or, or the fact is that all, all art is is uh, in in some way it's always political. Everyone who is tied with art is somehow political. Mm. If, if not willingly, then by birth, and you know through birth and through growing up, by getting some ideals into them, by by existing in any given society, and and as as a podcast who dwells in in film, which by default is political, as its makers are political even if they don't want to we also as a podcast we are somewhat political that's something that you can actually see in in our episodes in, in for example in the way how we up, have approached religion yeah the worst outbursts i think have been cut out but you always you know you go to the editing booth and you, after you have had this kind of a fiery rage you realize what you should keep in and what you should not so that it's not that i'm trying to make them too tame i just see that which part is bullshit and which one is okay to go with yeah but but even without that you kind of can see that from from our episodes we we rarely touch upon religion and when we have touched upon christianity it's usually been pretty critical Like in in the name of the big sell-off thing was Catholic Church and yeah. homosexuality. That's already a loaded topic. We keep talking how we're not the political podcast, but uh, who isn't? Yeah, in, in in the end, who isn't? Yeah. Like, like yeah. there the, there was that one time when when I'm our guest and you cut it into the into the opening lines of of our our episode in the cozy dance went and stated that the <laughs> proletariat of the world can go fuck themselves and it, if if you really would want to establish the proletariat essentially are you know the the worker working class of the world whose main contribution to their benefactor is is the work that they give so essentially it's the blue collar workers around the world the, the, the factory workers and and the road workers and Basically, everyone else who doesn't do a cozy, hyped-up office job, and all of those people can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Essentially, it was a fun line, and a great delivery, and a way to get the point home in the first five seconds. That we, yes, we speak English, but we also want to have, you know, this cultural. And we, uh, that we appreciate and want to have like a Czech expert. Uh, that 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 might be a might be a you know talking point that was lost in translation because <laughs> when, when taking out of context and simply you know when, when giving an emphasis to that one line it it, it kind of can it, it might give you an uh, the image yeah. that that Kari who who works in IT and works in cozy office job which. Back in Poland, not necessarily in Finland, but in Poland was somewhere in the, I don't know, the more well-off middle class. In Poland, it's, yeah, well-off middle class kind of wage. Of course, in Finland, it's nothing. Yeah, but, but you know, that, that same country might t tell the factory workers to go fuck themselves. <laughs> like that, that's, that's a reading that you can take off. From that moment, 
so uh, with, with, with that out of the mind, we haven't been completely apolitical as a, no. as a podcast. But then again, at the same time, no art ever is apolitical. No, no person is apolitical. We all carry political beliefs within ourselves, whatever we sure. want to or not. But we have an idea of society uh, through the world where we have been born into and where we have grown up. Like, I I have mostly stayed in Finland, and Finland is rather liberal, rather leftist, rather social social democratic country. So, obviously, fucking obviously, I, I hold those values close to my heart. Mm. I, I do think that social democratic states are much better than, you know, purely capitalistic driven states or... Or, or, or the quote-unquote common states that you have in North Korea and China, which are absolute shitholes, if you ask me. So, so of course, I, I also, I am a political person. And if I would ever make a film, it would mirror my my beliefs and how I see, uh, see the world. So, whatever film I would ever produce, it would, in, in some realm, it would always be a political product. Much in the same way as this podcast in, in some way is political. But also in the same way that we have the title The Flick Lab, kind of suggesting that we kind of tear, tear the film apart piece by piece, at least that was my idea, and we sort of kind of, if you will, take it into the laboratory and we try to break it down in as neutral way as possible and try to see what they really wanted to say, not take any sides in a strong fashion, just, yeah, let's try to be respectful towards all the views. And that's what you've been doing, especially you've been really balanced and careful. So I appreciate that. I, I would say that at times we really would, we really have achieved that. Yeah. I, I would say most of the time we actually have, like, we, we can never be apolitical. As, as individuals, you and me, we always ha carry with ourselves a notion of what is wrong, what is right, how the society should be, mm -hmm. what is sustainable society-wise. Yeah. And all of those are political thoughts. And, sure. and but, but outside of that, I, I do, honestly, I do feel that we have given the films pretty fair treatment. In, in in the podcast. We we didn't we didn't crucify Honkil Dong. No. Simply because it came from North Korea. We did call it call it out on its racism. Mm -hmm. And and that was a fair assessment. Assess uh, like we were right to do that. Yeah. That e even in, in neutral territory that was something that you would have to address. But we didn't just, you know, crucify it as as being a North Korean propaganda film. Too we easy. we yeah. We we did also see merit in that film. Yeah. And and we didn't simply crucif crucify pretty village, pretty flame just just because, you know 
Serbia. Yeah, yeah, because Serbians are the bad guys of, of the civil war, which would have been an easy road for us to take, but we did give it a honest treatment, mm. and we did even endorse that film. Yeah, wars are a little bit tricky, and all this kind of group happenings, because I, I, I really would like to, even though I'm a, I'm a human, I try to uh, uh, kind of approach all of this from... Uh, individualistic standpoint that it's not it's not the group mentality that interests me it's kind of the all the views that you can possibly muster comprehend just put it together and realize that you can't just draw blanket conclusions yeah because because word and and people there are complicated right like we we don't live in a black and white world it's 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 kind of a, it's it's easy to say that that party a is bad and party a is is in is in wrong yeah. north korea is bad serbia is bad but it, it, it's it's not that I, I like it the situations they are more com- complex we should have named this podcast Shades of Grey. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to. It it kind of does. And I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah. Like, on a, honest to God, I, I do feel that we have managed to do at least something right during these two years. And honestly, I'm kind of proud of also the way that we are able to approach perhaps different kinds of crowds in a way that we... Suppose we keep it in a youthful way that we speak and use kind of a rough language sometimes. But regardless, I think we managed to be two adults speaking about serious situations. So, yeah, clap, clap for that. I think I've said everything that I wanted to say here. Yeah, Yeah. same here. Yeah. Well, this was a really lucky break. We managed to be in Helsinki at the same time for a <laughs> 100th. And I just came to Helsinki a little bit earlier than I was supposed to. So it just happened pretty beautifully like this. All right. I guess that would be one month of a break for us. And even a little more than that. So, dear listeners, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen next. But uh, we, uh, the next episode is going to drop in approximately the next four weeks so please do enjoy your rest of the summer what's left of it (laughs) around where you're living (laughs) and we will try to do the same considering our short break of having good weather here in in the cold north region yeah in the miserable finland where the only difference between winter and the summer is that in the summer, you also have the mosquitoes. Right. Yeah. I think you need to head back to your base. I I, I, I think I've consumed enough alcohol. It <laughs> might be already showing. Yeah. But then again, I'm I'm no no stranger to booze. So. Occasional boozing. <laughs> so once again. See you later, alligator. It's the Flick Lab signing out. Adios.
Ehkä se oli siinä. Tämmöistä se on kuin skripto. <laughs> Muistetaan, että alkoholimaat saattaa hiukkasin noista viimein päälle. Jätetäänkö toi tuohon loppuun? Jätetään se siihen. Ei se ole mitään väliä. Täytyy käydä vessassa. Käydään vessassa. Tässä on eka. No. Ei mennä yhdestä. No ei. Se olisi vähän kiusallista. <laughs>